1: ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than five G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.
2: Welcome, everyone, to Duncan Dynasty. Uh <laughs> The game started a few minutes earlier than expected, um, but uh we are about to tip it off, and we're going to let you know when it starts. And here we go. The ball is in the hands of the Washington Wizards, who are in their... Red uniforms with the blue and white trim. They're going from left to right here in the opening quarter, and immediately we have an offensive foul on Washington, alongside Anthony Brown. I am Garrett Bougay. As I mentioned, this is Duncan Dynasty. This is our second consecutive week doing a live episode, but uh, Mm -hmm. this is Anthony's first attempt at uh, at a live uh, recording, and also uh, this is also his uh, first actual broadcast of a game. So, uh, uh, you know, be lenient with him, everyone. Uh, (laughs) But I think he's going to do a wonderful job this evening. As the Raptors have the ball, as DeRozan fades away, that shot is no good. Valanchunas on the rebound, but can't get it to go. So uh, we just got done watching uh, game four of this series, Anthony, Mm -hmm. as uh, the Wizards tied it up. Wall's layup is no good. Offensive rebound for the Wizards. As uh, Morris will shot fake and take it in, his shot off the glass is good. Uh, but uh, Washington, after losing the first two games in Toronto, able to come back and tie the series at two, uh, making this a very crucial Game 5. And I feel like most of the time, just based on the percentages, the winner of this game takes the series. Exactly. So, Yep. <laughs> as uh, Valanchunas fading away, that one's no good for the Raptors. Uh, as uh, Washington trying to build off the momentum of a couple of consecutive wins, but Toronto, of course, has been an uh, excellent home team all season long. Uh, but the one thing that you'd like to see from Toronto is uh you know a little <clears throat> bit more commitment to the as uh that's Otto Porter coming off a screen and knocking down the jumper mm-hmm. a little bit more commitment to uh the the defensive end and stopping the transition opportunities where John Wall loves to loves to play
0: right we were talking uh during the last game
2: about pacing as DeRosa knocks down the layup
0: right that it's really important that uh What'd you say with Washington? They do really well when they're really going at a more sporadic, faster
2: pace Mm -hmm. during the game? Because, yeah, John Wall, we were saying as well, you know, one of the top two or three fastest players in the NBA, also a great passer. So the more the floor is spread as uh, Ananobi gets a steal, uh, you know, the better that, uh, you know, the more effective he is. Ananobi will line up a three. That one rattles out. So a little bit of a rough start offensively for the Raptors. They're down four to two here at the. 9.52 952 mark to go in the opening quarter, as a hand-checking foul looks like is going to take place with Ananobi. That's
0: a, that's a tough foul this early in
2: the game. Yeah, it's it's interesting foul. to to see how the refs kind of handle the game early on, is whether they're going to call it tight or maybe uh, you know let them be a little bit more physical. Right. Certainly, these two teams don't uh, <clears throat> exactly like each other. They've played in seasons past and. Uh, this has been kind of a uh, you know a feisty series at times. Wall mm-hmm. throws it cross court to Morris. Morris finds Gortat. Wall fakes the three, he'll pull up from eighteen. That one's no good. That's kind of where you know if you're Toronto, you got you gotta you gotta be happy with that shot selection because if Wall is beating you from there, you just kind of got to clap your hands and say congrats. But, exactly. Um, you know him getting to the basket and setting others up is where he you know is when he's really at his best.
0: Yeah, I would take twenty footers from Wall
2: over that for sure. with a strong post move to even up the game at four. Nice lob from Wall to get to Beal, but uh, the Raptors get back defensively, and then that's a Gorchot uh, jumper that uh, is off the back of the rim no good. So Toronto trying to take their first lead of the night. DeRozan isolating against Beal, a little bit of a size advantage there. But good defense. A nice back door cut there from Lowry. He lays it in. That was nice. Beautiful recognition there as defender wall, uh, you know, overplaying him, denying that pass. It's Toronto now with the lead 6-4. Morris to the free-throw line to Gortati. Hands it to Porter. His drive is good. He got it up over Valanchunas, who had a pretty decent contest there. Right, even with the contact there. So, again, we're knotted up at 6 8.20 Eight twenty to go in this opening quarter. Toronto, with the ball, Ibaka hands it off to Derozan. Valanciunas thought about that three for for a moment. <laughs> Went off his foot there, but oh, the whole Wall with a beautiful defensive play pokes it away twice from Ananobi <laughs> and then gets the transition land. Nice, good persistence there defensively. Yeah, and you know, uh, Ter- or excuse me, the Wizards really go as far as John Wall takes him, and that includes the defensive end. He's a really talented defensive player when he commits mm-hmm. as Lowry hits the floater. Uh, but oftentimes he's kind of just, uh, you know, uh, again, Washington pushing the pace a block from Ananobi as Beal tried to get the layup. But, uh, you know, John Wall too oftentimes is kind of lackadaisical on that, uh, on that end of the floor. And uh, when he's committed, though, he's, he's as good as anybody. He's got good size, good athleticism. As, uh, we've got an issue with the ball, it appears. As uh, Maybe it, uh, it hit a beer along the sideline. <laughs> maybe one of the cameramen was enjoying uh, <laughs> a, a brew there. <laughs> Porter will inbound it for the Wizards. He'll get it into Gortat. Fifteen on the shot clock here for Washington. They run a Ooh. pick and roll, the roll for Gortat, and the ball is knocked out of bounds. He's complaining about a foul. Nothing called there. Couldn't tell exactly if uh, it seemed like, at least at the end, Valanciunas' arms were straight up. Right. Morris gets the inbounds along the baseline. That shot's no good. Another rebound for Ananobi. DeRozan will push it for the Raptors. Beautiful spin move, and he gets to the basket and lays it in through the contact. That was an awesome move. Wow. The ability to maintain the balance off of that fast of a spin is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Toronto gets the rebound off the miss from the Wizards, and again, Lowry pushing the tempo, gets into the teeth of the defense. Here's DeRozan for three, and he nails it. So a nice 5-0 spurt for DeRozan, and that will cause a timeout for the Wizards with 7 2 left to go in this opening quarter as DeRozan getting off to a pretty hot start here, and Washington taking the early lead. The, the kind of offense you want to see from the Raptors, you know, oh, yeah. pushing, you know, the, the idea that they don't want to, we talked about, you know, the Raptors don't want to get into it necessarily, a track meet, but there are still opportunities where pushing the pace and and getting easier looks than you would get in a half-court offense is beneficial. Right, exactly. the
0: The defense isn't quite... Set fully yet, so if you can get some easy buckets that way, it's only going to help you.
2: Yeah, so uh, we're broadcasting this game live. Of course, we're a little bit delayed, so that if we're ahead of anybody, that you guys can all sync up. But uh, you are listening to Duncan Dynasty with Anthony Brown and myself, Garrett Bouguet. Uh We uh, we record episodes every Wednesday, uh, and uh, you know most of the time we'll do some you know pre-recorded <laughs> stuff, uh, but. Uh, for the playoffs you know this is the the best time to be a basketball fan it's it's fun to fun to be able to do these live recordings and of course for for the next uh you know couple of months there'll be a, a live game just about every wednesday right <laughs> um and uh anthony will be able to join us you know especially this week but then uh, hopefully in a, a, few, a few weeks down the road as well um right uh nonetheless though i will be here with you uh week in week out uh and I'm gonna to try to mix up the different uh, the teams that we cover. You know, last week I did the uh, the Pacers versus the Cavs, which right. was uh, the game two of that series where LeBron went for 46. <laughs> just absolutely dominated Indiana mm-hmm. uh, that was a really fun game of course calves and pacers are also playing now uh we'll keep you guys updated with scores and things from that game and and also you know if this game finishes early and or if it's a blowout at some point we may just switch over to that other game as well obviously right. we don't want to uh to bore anybody with a game that's already out of hand that sort of thing but right um but you know I, I think this this should be a great game i think uh You know, Toronto has been a team that, even when they've won series, it's been really difficult, and it's been quite the grind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they got up 2-0 in this series, you know, I I think Toronto fans maybe were, you know, breathing a sigh of relief, especially given they won Game 1, which was something they hadn't done in their franchise history in the playoffs. Oh, wow. Uh, You (laughs) know, uh, but all of a sudden, Washington takes care of their home court. And, again, we've got a very pressure-packed Game 5 that... uh, You know, um, I'm sure the fans in Toronto are fretting just a little bit.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, especially watching that last game right before this, this could go either way. Yeah.
2: And like we were saying, whoever wins this game, statistically, has a very good chance of winning the series. Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah, if Washington is able to pull this off, of course, again, with three consecutive wins, having all the momentum, going back to Washington for Game 6... And then of course if Toronto is able to pull it off not only then would they have two opportunities to win to to advance but then a game 7 at home is about an 80% proposition for the home team right. uh, you know that is where the atmosphere in the home crowd just takes such a huge effect mm-hmm. as uh, we're back now it's uh, it's 13 to 8 Toronto leading by 5 as the Wizards will have the basketball here uh, but uh, but yeah, of course. You know, this is a this is an intriguing series for multiple reasons. But the the backcourts uh, for each team that's a very interesting matchup. You've got of course uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal uh, for the Wizards against the likes of Lowry and DeRozan. As Wall hits a mid-range jumper there, uh, but you know it. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, basketball can be kind of simple. It might just come down to what backcourt plays better. Right. Who do you think so far
0: is winning this battle here?
2: I like what the the Raptors have done so far, especially DeRozan. He's been aggressive, and even that jumper that he just missed there was, was an aggressive attack and just being very decisive in his game. Right. I think decisiveness is pretty, pretty key in these sorts of matchups. John Wall now with the isolation against Ibaka. He'll try to drive right by him, goes mm-hmm. around the back, and it's it looks ball. like there's going to be a timeout oh, nice. for Washington with 6.17 to go in the first quarter. Uh, but... But you know the the one thing I think that led to Toronto having such a terrific season and winning that 59 games was that they were able to make it so that Lowry and DeRozan uh, did not have to carry as big of a burden, you know. And yeah. they uh, they built up that bench, they built up the supporting cast, they made it a, an offense that relied less on the isolation and more on the passing and the three point shooting. And you saw it in Game 1 of the series where Lowry and DeRozan, I think, combined for less than 30 total points, and yet they Mm. still won pretty easily Yeah, uh, just because you can get production from so many different guys. And that's something that I just feel like Washington doesn't quite have as much of, even though they've gotten a decent boost from a guy like Ty Lawson. Right, yeah. (laughs) You were telling me about that, coming out of uh, uh, the China. The Chinese League, yes. Um, you know, he uh, he was signed, I believe, the last day of the regular season and had a pretty good performance in a couple of the games, knocked down some three-point shots. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Wizards aren't really known as the team with great depth. They kind of almost rely more on Wall and Beal. Uh, right. So I think it's almost more important that those guys get off for Washington, whereas, you know, for the, for the Toronto backcourt, I think it's a lot of you know, just making the right play, you know, drawing help, and then if if they send two guys at you, make the pass and trust your teammates. Right. And I think they've done a better job of that this season.
0: Right. And I think if Toronto gets out of this round, I think that's going to help them going forward in the playoffs. Because like you said, if you're going just off of the strength of your backcourt and they're not playing very well, you know, it's going to be hard to win. Right.
2: Um, So... Again, you're listening to Duncan Dynasty. Here we're in commercial of the Washington-Toronto Game Five. Uh, if you haven't yet, if you're joining the show, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we love the—that's a great way to show support. Uh, and also, if you could rate us on there as well, uh, that would be terrific. It's a great way to show that you're uh, you're supporting the program, and uh, it's an opportunity for us to maybe get out there and uh, some people that don't know us with an opportunity to. To hear our show and and enjoy it as well, and um, one of the things that a bunch of subscriptions and also the the a bunch of ratings on iTunes does is it puts you in the forefront if you search for NBA related podcast material uh, so uh, any any help you can provide on that we we greatly appreciate it and uh, hopefully you're you're enjoying the show so far. Uh, but uh, looking at some of the other series we we've got a second round matchup uh, now uh, that's already set. Uh, we've got the Golden State Warriors taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. In the uh, That is the two-seed Warriors against the six-seed Pelicans. And New Orleans coming off a sweep of the three-seed Portland right. Trailblazers. Anthony Davis, uh, uh, Drew Holiday, Nikola Miritich, Rajon Rondo, all of those guys playing exceptionally good basketball. And they're going to go up against a Warriors team that at least for probably the first half of the series, if not more, will not have their best player, Steph Curry. Right, Steph Curry not playing. Uh, I mean,
0: that Warriors team is still pretty amazing. You still have Kevin Durant. You still have uh, Green. However, uh, if you are going to try and make a
2: quick jump ahead, that's the time to do it. So, Wizards with the basketball. Morris with a scoop shot, not able to convert, uh, and uh, looked like uh, there's some sort of a turnover, maybe a travel on the play. The ball will go back to Washington. Uh, but, yes, you know, it's it's funny to say that. But even without Steph, they've still got three all-stars. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so talent-wise, yeah, I would still give the Warriors a bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a guy like Anthony Davis is, uh, you know, playing at such a high level. And, you know, they've, they've seemed to have finally, with Miritich and with the shooters they put around him, has a team that fits around their star player. Right. Um, especially with, uh, you know,
0: Cousins going down early in the season, you know, a little uncertain how that was going to come together.
2: Well, and, you know, I, honestly, as crazy as this sounds, uh, I think uh, as Wall drives into the paint, puts up a floater, that one's no good. Gortat with a rebound, he puts it back up, and that one misses <laughs> as well. Uh, you know, as crazy as this may sound, I think the Pelicans might be slightly better with. Out Boogie Cousins as Lowry misses mm. the layup, uh, in large part because it's helped them build an identity. Mm. You know, people thought at the beginning of the season, as Wall knocks down a layup and draws the foul, uh, you know, a lot of people thought the identity of the Pelicans with Davis and Cousins would just be a bully ball, you know, you've got two amazing big men, and just kind of play through them. Uh, and, you know, they, they had a decent record with the two of them, uh, but... You know, they they surprisingly weren't that good of an offensive rebounding team. Um, they, you know, they still didn't um, necessarily have the shooting around them. Uh, but, you know, when they lost Cousins and brought in Miritich as Wall knocked down that free throw, uh, it really opened up things in multiple ways. For one, they could play essentially a a, a a game where they could run pick and roll with Davis with three shooters around him. You know, Miritich... I think is even, has even more range than DeMarcus Cousins does from three, and he's, he shoots it at higher volume than Cousins did. Mm-hmm. And also the pace. I think that's one of the key things is one of the biggest problems with DeMarcus Cousins' game was he's, just a, he's a little slow in terms of getting back in transition defense. He'll oftentimes go for an offensive rebound. and If he misses it, he'll kind of sulk and then finally come back down the floor as DeRozan get, getting to the free throw line with uh, drawing a foul. But he's a guy that, uh, you know, didn't allow them to play at a great pace. Right. And as soon as he went out and they replaced him with Miritich, they all of a sudden had five guys that were willing to run up and down the floor, not only to get easier buckets offensively, but to get back in transition defense. And that's played into the hands of a guy like Rajon Rondo, who is, you know, one of the best facilitator passers in the game. DeRozan uh, knocks down. Both free throws, so Toronto with a 15-13 to 13 lead over Washington with 4.52 Ooh. to go here in the first quarter as Lowry poked oh. that one away from Beal. Yeah, it looked like it was close to a backcourt violation there right. as the, the ball is looked like thrown out of bounds, but I think it took a deflection off of a Raptor player. Just nine on the shot clock now for, for the whiz. One of the, uh, as Beal pulls up for three, late in the shot clock, that one's no good. One of the things that uh, was a little bit disheartening if you were a Wizards fan in the two games in Toronto is neither was particularly close, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just as the road team, a lot of times as DeRozan draws a foul on a pump fake there, that's a patented move he goes to, a la Dwayne Wade. (laughs) Right. Um, But uh, one of the things as the road team that you got to do is just play hard enough and play good enough basketball to give yourself a chance down the stretch and at least put some pressure on the home team to execute to win the game. DeRozan uh, at the line, shooting uh, two free throws. The first one is up and in. So Toronto leads it now by three as uh, Kelly Oubre checking into the ballgame and subbing out Otto Porter. Indiana with an early lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers, 13-7, to with 6.44 to go in the first quarter. Okay. That's something uh, that's been important for the Pacers, is when they've gotten down significantly in, in the early going, they, they've lost both games. And then when they've had a lead at the end of the first, they've won. So that's hmm. a good sign early if you're an Indiana fan. Toronto with a four-point lead wall, dribbling the basketball kind of aimlessly at the three-point line. <laughs> Five on the shot clock, finds Beal, fadeaway jumper, no good. Yeah, he's been off a little bit today. Here he gets another open look for three. That one rattles out as well. So yeah, as you said, rough start for uh, a guy that Washington really relies on. Ananobi with a three-pointer, that one's well off the mark. Kind of ugly basketball the last couple of possessions. (laughs) Morris dribbling it behind his back. Throws it up to Wall, he'll fire a three. That one's another air ball. Hmm. So both teams struggling shooting the basketball here. I think the rims are still ten feet. Right? <laughs> yeah, I thought so.
0: A few air balls in the row from each team, or I guess maybe some deflections there, but... Wow.
2: Scott Brooks talking uh, some strategy over with uh, Marquise Morris as Morris takes a seat. Derozan, with the basketball for Toronto, with uh, again a four-point lead, three and a half minutes to go in this opening quarter. He'll drive right to the paint, gets all the way to the hoop, and finishes. There we go. Nice aggressive attack from Derozan. He's really been the one, uh, you know, uh, one player that's really come to play here in this opening quarter.
0: Oh yeah, very aggressive attack in the basket. That's what they
2: need. Beal awaiting a screen from Gortat. Now will isolate against Ibaka. Beautiful crossover, but then lost it. Now four on the shot clock. The fadeaway jumper is good. So a bailout shot there from Bradley Beal. That is a tough shot over a Baca like that. That's the advantage of having star players Is Valanchunas with a shot fake at the three-point line and goes all the way in. That's a good move. Nifty move there from the seven-footer. Mm-hmm. That's the advantage of, you know, the the added three-point shot he he put into his game, you know, the getting the defender to jump out at that and then having the open lane. Another thing, you know, you don't think about a lot of times is the advantage of your center being able to shoot is when he does do the shot fake and gets the center of the opposing team to fall for it, there's then no longer any rim protection on That's the right. back end of the play. That's a really good point. Yeah. As uh we've got a timeout on the floor with 2:19 to go in the, uh, the opening quarter. As, uh, yeah, we were talking about the one second round series. That's already ready. Is that warriors Pelicans series. And, uh, one of the things that's going to be pretty interesting is to see how golden state tries to defend a guy like Anthony Davis and who mm-hmm. they put on a guy like Anthony Davis They have a couple of guys that would theoretically be options in Draymond Green and uh, Kevin Durant. You know, Davis is, for as good as he is, he's not really a guy that's going to bully you oftentimes. Right. Um, So perhaps even a Kevin Durant could be, you know, with his length and his quickness, could be a possible option there on defense. Possibly. Yeah, I I would
0: say Davis is a stronger player, but you're right, if that's not his M.O. to... You know, to use that strength and size against a Kevin Durant, then yeah, that could work matchup-wise.
2: Draymond Green, how, how tall is he? About six- he's only about six six. Yeah, um, but he's got a pretty long wingspan. That's what he, he. That's why he can kind of get away with that lack of height and most a, of the time. And he's a pretty strong player. I mean, obviously, uh,
0: one of the most versatile defenders that we've seen in the league for a long time, maybe ever. Right. Uh,
2: and uh, ability to guard one through five. Uh, oh, there's Drake. Oh yeah, we were gonna do like uh, you know I was gonna put <laughs> you on the spot and ask you what your top ten Drake songs are, but uh, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> maybe maybe later. <laughs> yeah. As uh, DeRozan along the baseline, not able to get that shot to go. A couple of the uh, bench mob for Toronto coming into the ball game: Delon Wright, Jakob Purtle, and C.J. Miles. is Gortat with a nice little uh, jump hook, he gets that to go. I was mentioning that uh, Gortat, known as the Polish Hammer before the game to you, and that uh, uh, if uh, if anyone cares on that's listening about uh, NBA player tattoos, you'll notice on, uh, I believe it's Gortat's left arm, he does have a hammer tattoo on there as uh, yeah. Toronto gets another basket to go. John Wall with the ball with a minute and a half to go in this opening quarter. Pass back to Mike Scott. He hands it off to... Uh, Ty Lawson, he gets into the paint, but then is swallowed up. He'll hand it off to Gortat. The shot is no good, and the ball is poked out of bounds. It'll go to Toronto. Mike Scott's had a really good series shooting the basketball. He's kind of a stretch four for them. Uh, of course, whenever you put him into the game, though, your defense suffers, but uh, I think Washington in this series has kind of gone to the strategy of outscore them to win these ball games. Right. Jan Mahimi checking in for the Wizards. As DeLon Wright will walk into the front court for Toronto, he's guarded by Ty Lawson, calling for a play and getting a screen from Pirtle there. A nice little lob pass to Pirtle, but he bobbled it, and then the ball's poked out of bounds. That's one of the things that really frustrates me, watching centers <laughs> in the game, is, uh, you know, you make a perfect pass, and then they just can't, can't grab the basketball. It seems like one of the most basic things as an athlete that you should be able to do. Being able to catch the basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yep, Uh, very important, and as we talk about that... That was a pretty nice catch, but not able to finish. (laughs) Right. Here's Mike Scott again. He's been on fire all series, and he knocks down that three.
0: Good
2: shot. Cuts the lead down to just one, so Washington, you know, unlike the first couple of games in Toronto, able to uh, stay close here with the Raptors. See if Toronto goes for a two-for-one here. There's about 40 seconds on the game clock, 10 on the shot clock. Right. DeRozan will pull from three. That one looks short. Yeah. That was short right away. It does look like they'll get the two-for-one as Washington will uh, will slow it down here. What are your thoughts on the, the two-for-one? If, if you were a coach, would you uh, pretty much always go for that strategy, or are you more of the mindset of, you know, Let's just get a good shot and execute as opposed to potentially taking a hurried or rushed shot.
0: I kind of like the, the two for one. I'd rather it's two chances to score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wouldn't want
2: someone to just force up a terrible shot. As, as Wall at the buzzer Ooh! nails it and gives the Wizards a one-point lead heading into the quarter. Nice. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, like I would
0: if you can get an open look, you know, you can get a six-point swing just off of that, you know, Two possessions there,
2: right? Um, but, what about uh, you? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I generally agree. I think even two low percentage shots are going to yield a higher point total than one high percentage shot, right? And just based on math, you know, if you if you take two contested threes, that's probably a you know even a a twenty five percent proposition, but it's it's three possible points that for multiple times, so you've got a fifty percent chance to. To probably make at least one of those two, which right. gets you one and a half points, right. uh, and if you take one good shot at fifty percent, that is generally about a one point per possession proposition so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I generally believe it's it's good to do that two for one and Unfortunately, some coaches don't focus on that, and hmm. one of the ways I notice it's not taken advantage of enough is if a team's got the ball with about fifty seconds left is to not take a quick shot because then that allows the other team to get the two-for-one. Right. On those possessions, actually run the clock down towards the end and shoot it around the 30-second mark. That way you you maximize your opportunities at the two-for-one and prevent the other teams from doing so. Right.
0: I think that's just you know situational awareness. Someone, the point guard, the coach, needs to be looking out for that. Um, Yeah, I like the
2: two-for-one. As uh, Anthony, we, uh, after the end of the first quarter, is there any stats uh, looking at the box score that, uh, that intrigue you there? Hmm, well, checking it out right
0: now, um, let's see, we got John Wall with nine points. Uh, Pretty
2: good start, hitting a couple of jumpers. Right. Um,
0: let's see, we got 13 points for DeMar DeRozan. Um, yeah, being very aggressive getting to his spots. Like we said, and... Uh, I think you kind of said with both of those players that both of the teams are going to kind of go as those players go, more mm-hmm. so with Wall and the Wizards. Yeah. Um, but so far, DeRozan has been leading his team. And, you know, 24 with Washington versus 23. Toronto, still a close game. Yeah, um, I'm looking through some of these other stats here, too.
2: Hmm. The
1: uh,
2: yeah, The biggest thing that... The thing that's interesting that, uh, you know, how low scoring of a first quarter this is, you know, the the games, the first couple of games were, you know, in the, the Toronto scored about 115 and 130 in games one and two. So yeah. The fact that they're down at 23 uh, kind of gives you an idea. I mean, obviously some of it's missed shots, but that Washington uh, in this game five, as opposed to those first couple of games, is bringing it a little bit more in terms of the intensity on defense. Right. With that. Also looking at
0: the uh, field goal percentage for the teams. It's looking kind of hmm, kind of low. We got 42% for the one team and then 45% for the other. Is oh, that yeah, a typical 40,
2: 43 for the Wizards and yeah, 45.5 for Toronto. Yeah, uh, for, not too bad know, for Toronto. Yeah, 45.5 is probably, you know, it's a little low, but um yeah, the 40, the 43 is 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 pretty low but that also is uh you know despite the fact that uh, they're shooting that poorly they're they're uh, they're winning currently so right uh toronto starting the second quarter with the basketball here delon Wright dribbling with his left hand gets into the free throw line kicks it out to miles that is a very contested three but not able to hit fight Ooh. for the rebound and ty lawson comes up with it a lot of times in these games it's those 50 50- balls as well that uh that really come into play and are pretty crucial mm-hmm. uh that uh kind of just shows who wants the game a little bit more and sometimes those possessions can can matter in, in a close game Ooh. beautiful behind the back move a nice shot fake gets into the paint hands it off to Mahimi beautiful Dang. dish from Ty Lawson that was awesome Washington's lead is back up to three Lawson, again, the guy uh, signed on the last day of the regular season. His right hits a, a difficult floater along the baseline to bring the lead back to
0: one. And that's pretty cool to be able to pick up someone like that right at the end of the season and give you some more
2: that firepower
0: from the outside.
2: Contributes in the playoffs, which is, you know, it's, uh, that's a hard thing to do. And Scott, with a difficult fadeaway again, he continues to be red hot shooting the basketball.
0: <laughs> he looks and pretty
2: pumped up He's right feeling now. pretty good, it looks like, yeah. <laughs> as uh, the Toronto Raptors have all five bench guys into the ballgame. Uh, Siakam, Norman Powell, who's taken that three-point shot, that one's no good. Pirtle, C.J. Miles, and Delon Wright. And for Washington, it's Ty Lawson with the ball who gets all the way to the basket and finishes again. Uh, Ty Lawson is out there. Of course, Mike Scott, uh, Thomas Sadoransky, uh, and then we've got Kelly Oubre and uh, Jan Mahimi at center for the Wizards. A beautiful reverse shot there from DeLon Wright. Uh, Gets that one to go, makes it a 30-27 game. Wizards lead by three as we hit the 10-minute mark here of the opening half. Ball is thrown into Mike Scott again, isolating. He'll fade away, and that one rattles out. That was close, though. Yes, it was. Here comes Siakam, really good athlete. Goes all the way down and gets fouled, and he'll go to the free-throw line. One of the things that's been a, a big problem for Toronto in this series is arguably their third or fourth best player, Fred Van Fleet. Uh their, you know, probably third best playmaker and their best guy off their bench has been out with a shoulder injury, and he actually played for about, you know, a minute of game two, but then came out, coaches didn't like how he looked out there, um, so that has been a big loss for Toronto, and, you know, you you don't think of generally if you your injury is a bench guy that, that's not that that big of a deal, but for in this case, you know he's a guy that oftentimes closes games for them and actually you know outplays a lot of their starters on a lot of nights. So it is a pretty big deal that they've been missing him, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he's missed a lot more of this series than I think anyone really expected. Right. Do you know when he's projected to come back, or I'm not sure at this point. Again, being that it was a shoulder injury, it wasn't anything like a separation. It was more like a, a bruise or of a, a contusion of some kind. Uh, so you'd think he should be able to come back, and maybe he's. It's more of one of those things where it's a day to day situation. Yeah. As uh, Siakam gets the ball inside and lays it up and in, and Toronto retakes the lead now, thirty one to thirty over the Wizards. Uh, but uh, you know. Um, if Toronto loses this game, I would not be surprised in you know with their backs against the wall if he were to come back for a potential Game Six. As Ubre kind of just forces up some slop, and <laughs> <laughs> we've got a foul on the floor. It's uh, going to be on Toronto. Some a uh, few ugly possessions here or there in this ball game. Right. The winner of this series, of course, takes on the winner of the uh, Pacers-Cavs series. And uh, Toronto, of course, has lost has lost uh, back-to-back seasons to the Cavaliers in the in the playoffs. So that's not necessarily a, a team that Toronto wants to play. I assume <laughs> they're they're hoping that Indiana pulls that one out. As uh, Kelly Oubre knocking down a three for the Wizards. A uh, little update in that game. Indiana leading twenty-three to fifteen over the Cavs as Delon Wright knocks down a three. So teams kind of going back and forth. Matching each other from the three-point line. But yeah, Pacers up three with 253 to go, or excuse me, Pacers up eight with 250 to go in that opening quarter of that ball game. Sadoransky, a pull-up from the free-throw line. That yeah. one's well off the mark. <laughs> Picked up by... Scott, he'll hand it to Oubre, his three no good. Another opportunity, <laughs> can't get it to go. Scott with another offensive rebound, and it's off his head out of bounds. I wow. think that's a shacked and a fool moment there. I think you're right. For wow. the entire Washington team. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I think you're right about Cleveland, Indiana. Uh, I think any team, if you have a pick, you're going to want to go against the team that doesn't have LeBron James on it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) just Any team with LeBron James is going to have a chance of of beating
2: you, no matter who he's got around him. Toronto with the basketball 10 on the shot clock here. Siakam throws it right side. Miles, another deep three. That one's off the rim no good. Uh, But a push, I believe, is going to be called on Mike Scott as he uh, was trying to hold off Pirtle, who's a pretty good offensive rebounder. Mm. John Wall, after a quick rest, is, is back into the ball game. But uh, certainly uh, there's an intensity on the defensive end for both teams that you didn't see at various points throughout the first four games of this series. Oh, yeah. DeLon Wright with the ball up top. Gets a screen from C.J. Miles. Now will drive into the paint. Pulls up from there. That one's mm-hmm. off the back of the rim. No good. Fight for the rebound. Huh. It's off of Siakam and out of bounds to Washington. One thing, uh, you know, with Delon Wright, the advantage of how deep Toronto is when you don't have a guy like Fred Van Fleet. He's a guy that's capable of stepping up and, you know, being a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but, uh, you know, it still is. Uh, it's one of those things that he's he's better probably as a as a defender and a secondary playmaker as you know as opposed to the main guy initiating all your offense. As yeah. you could see with that defensive play where he poked it away, but. Uh, the Wizards come up with it. rebound for Toronto. Oh, yeah. It definitely makes a difference. Uh, even though it's a bench guy,
0: uh, any one of your playmakers, that hurts you.
2: Yeah. Another transition opportunity Ooh. for Washington. Beal, spin move, finds wall. He'll throw it over. Here's Otto Porter for a three. That one's no good. Porter has struggled a little bit. He's a really good shooter, but uh, hasn't shot it as well in this series as uh, as he did in the regular season. We're going to have a timeout for the Toronto Raptors, with 7:02 to go in the second quarter, Toronto leads at 34 to 33. You're listening to Duncan Dynasty alongside Anthony Brown. I am Garrett Bouguet. We're going to be here with you for the entirety of this ball game. I uh, hope you're uh, hope you're enjoying it so far. Again, uh, let's get back to that uh, that series, the the Warriors versus Pelicans. We're kind of breaking mm-hmm. this down because this is the one second round series that's already been decided, uh, and you know a few things. Uh, that'll be interesting to see is who guards Kevin Durant on one end. We mentioned, mm. you know, the Warriors have a couple of options potentially on Davis with the likes of Green and Durant. Uh, but New Orleans, you know, and guarding Durant, do you put a guy like Drew Holiday, your best defender, on him uh, and try to shut him down that way, or do you kind of put him on a guy like Clay Thompson? and kind of stop everyone else around uh, a Kevin Durant, uh, what what would kind of be your strategy there?
0: Yeah, we we talked about this a little bit before, and I think I, I agree more with the strategy of letting Kevin Durant beat you if he can, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because I think the issue is, say you do throw your best defenders at Kevin Durant trying to slow him down, he's still going to get Thirty plus points. He's I Kevin guess Durant. The,
2: the the appropriate word would be make Durant beat you, as opposed to make, let.
0: Right. Yeah. Just let him beat you, <laughs> yeah. and then you know go home and lose. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Durant, now, here's um, a lane for the dunk. Just yes. go ahead. <laughs> Try and let Kevin Durant score 100 points, break the record. Yes. Uh, no. Like yeah, you want to make him beat you. Uh, and my the logic behind that in my mind is that. They still have, like we said before, three all stars. Like yeah. they still got, uh, you know, Clay Thompson. They still got Draymond Green. There's other people that can hurt you. I would rather, you know, slow down Clay Thompson, not let him get off, because we know from him, maybe compared to anyone else in the NBA, when Clay Thompson gets hot, he's gonna put up a crazy amount of points. Yeah. Um. So I would rather try and slow down everyone else make Kevin Durant have to work for it even if he scores 40 you know that's better than Kevin Durant scoring 35 and then Clay Thompson scoring 25 and Draymond scoring Um, right yeah but what do you think
2: yeah I I generally tend to agree with that and I think in general Drew Holiday uh, you know at his size is probably better just matched up against Thompson anyway right Um, you know he'd be a little bit small for the likes of guarding Durant so if your best defender is best at guarding guards you might as well just put him on the most dangerous guard for the warriors and try to slow him down. Right. And then with a guy like Anthony Davis, you can try to uh you know prevent Durant from getting the easy buckets inside, right. make him continuously hit mid-range shots which he's more than capable <laughs> of, uh but uh, do it that way. And also, you know, if if you can force guys like Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, right. if you can force those guys to make plays and make shots, I think uh, that that uh, gives you a better opportunity to upset a team like Golden State. Uh, the other interesting question is the pace. Mm-hmm. You know, New Orleans was the, the fastest team in the NBA in the regular season. They kind of ran the Blazers off the floor in that first-round series. Portland just could not keep up. Rondo pushing it whenever Anthony Davis got out. He would throw the lob full court. He's right. capable of throwing those lobs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see... Uh, how Golden State is able to handle that pace mm. uh, against a team like New Orleans. As uh, Jakob Pertl, out of the timeout there, uh, had a monster slam. <laughs> wow. We uh, we missed how that play got started. The, t- the coverage came a little bit late, but it uh, looked like a decently drawn-up play to get that wide open of a dunk. Right, he got up there. Um. As uh, at the end of the first quarter, the Pacers are leading the Cavaliers 25-23. to um, one thing that the Warriors do have in terms of playing a fast-paced t- style is they do have a lot of guys that can handle the basketball. You know, Draymond Green, Durant, Clay Thompson, uh, Andre Guadalla, Sean Livingston. You know, they've got a lot of guys that can grab the rebound and push the tempo. And, and uh, you know, it'll be interesting, though, without a Steph, uh, is their transition offense as effective as, it, you know, it normally would be? Yeah. Uh, and, you know... I don't think New Orleans is going to change how they're playing. They just swept their first-round series. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Oh yeah. uh, Their identity has been pace uh, ever since as DeRozan gets a steal and slams it home. Uh, Toronto now with a five-point lead. Uh, but uh, the, the pace is going to be a very interesting thing and see how Golden State handles the pace of New Orleans. If they're able to, A, slow them down, and or B, if the game is super fast like the Pelicans won it, can Golden State still outplay them that way? Right. That's going to be really interesting to see. As Oubre gets into the paint and draws a foul, I believe that one's going to be on Valanchunas. Got that foul with just three seconds on the shot clock. All with the turnover on the previous possession, which led to the, uh, the slam for DeRozan. But yeah, that that's definitely going to be a fun series, and uh, you know, I guess if uh, you know if the Warriors get down early in that series, you know, and bring Steph back, you've got to still kind of favor them. The only um, I, the only situation where I might start to to lean towards the Warriors might lose the series is if you know the Pelicans can get up two one and Steph is still not coming back for a game four. That right. sort of a scenario uh, is where I might start to get nervous, but. I think uh, even without Steph, I think the Warriors do have maybe still a slight edge. And, of course, they still have the home court advantage. Right. As uh, the free throws are good from Oubre, which makes it 38-35, to Toronto's lead is 3. DeLon Wright drives into the paint. A jump hook off the glass, a difficult shot over Gortat, no good. And here comes the Wizards pushing at Beal. A nice dish to Gortat, but Valanchunas with a good contest. Gortat called for the foul there. Right. As here's Toronto pushing it, Lowry with a wide open look, and he nails it. <laughs> Good shot. So Kyle Lowry now extends the lead back up to six with five nineteen to go in the second quarter. As we will have a uh, another timeout here, as the uh, the Indiana Pacers uh, looking at that ball game lead the Cavaliers twenty eight to twenty five, or excuse me twenty eight twenty seven now with ten minutes to go. Hmm in that uh in that ball game uh, just looking at uh, again some of the uh the stats here as again toronto leading 41 35 with 519 to go in the first half uh some some interesting things i'm noticing is that uh brad beal is a minus nine for the game so whenever he's been oh, on wow. the floor the the wizards have been outscored by nine points he's one for five from the field oh for two from the three-point line certainly he's a guy that's going to have to get his shot going here if the wizards Uh, want to uh, to win this ball game of course Mike Scott had a solid start two for four from the field with uh, five points he's plus three in the plus minus Uh, looking at uh, some guys for Toronto um, you know the bench mob has basically played pretty much uh, even basketball Uh, Pascal Siakam with four points uh, and uh, a couple of assists DeLon Wright three for five from the field for seven points a nice start for him Again, a a guy that, uh, you know, needs to play even a little bit better for them with the Fred Van Fleet injury. Right. Um, But uh, DeRozan, uh, 15 points on five of nine shooting. He's getting to the free throw line, which is is big as well. One Mm -hmm. of the big criticisms of him, especially in the playoffs, has been, you know, the efficiency has dropped, and in large part because he's not getting to the free throw line. And, you know, when you get to the point where the amount of shot attempts... Is more than the amount of points you're scoring. That efficiency just isn't a winning proposition. Right. Uh, but uh, right now he's got 15 points on just nine shot attempts, which is which is pretty solid. Oh yeah. So uh, we covered basically everything uh, you know that's that intrigues us about the the Golden State uh, New Orleans series the other the uh you know there's a couple of other series of course that have uh have been pretty interesting that are still in the first round of course the other game that's going on currently the indiana pacers versus the cleveland cavaliers that series has been pretty fascinating mm-hmm. you mentioned you watched a lot of that last game what were what were some of the things you noticed uh from from game 4 um well you know i was expecting
0: to see a little bit more out of oladipo yeah you know uh He's, he has had a really good series overall, but with that game I felt like he was, you know, just it it wasn't flowing for him. He wasn't having as good of he did make some really good plays, but overall I was uh, wasn't as impressed with the performance as I thought it would be. But I really to be honest, I thought the Cavs got lucky. Uh, yeah. walking out with that one. I thought it very easily could have gone to the Pacers with that last game.
2: Yeah, they. Um, it, it almost feels more like Indiana's controlling who's winning and losing the series, and it's like they right. won the two games, they also lost the two games. Right. Um, now, of course, LeBron with that sensational performance in game two, but even in that game, Victor Oladipo got into foul trouble early and uh, missed about only played about 28 minutes, as we're seeing a few highlights here from the Cavs' Pacers as uh, Jeff Green makes a runner on that play. It's tied at 31 under nine minutes to go. Uh, in that first half, so low-scoring game once again. That's, yeah. been, that's been another thing that's really surprised me about that series is you're talking about the Cavs, who were the third-best offense in the NBA. The Pacers, I believe, were sixth in offense, yeah. and both teams were below average, and the Cavs really below average on defense, right. and yet it's really been a defensive slugfest in that series, and it's uh, it's been unusual if a team can get to the 100-point mark as we've got a blocking foul on the drive from auto porter
0: yeah we're looking at some uh you know 90s basketball numbers yes <laughs> i think of like the late 90s with the bulls jazz uh some of those series it's
2: like 80 points as the final score <laughs> mm-hmm. well and one of the things that uh it's been kind of interesting and about that series, particularly with LeBron, is the way they've guarded him. They've put Bojan Bogdanovich on him, mm-hmm. and he's done a really good job of fronting LeBron and making that pass to LeBron more difficult. Uh, but most of the time, they've been playing LeBron straight up in the series as uh, Otto Porter misses the first free throw. Uh, and you know, if you're LeBron and you're being guarded by Bojan Bogdanovich, you're not getting double teamed. That to me is a recipe that he should be scoring forty plus points night in, night out. Right. And uh, it's just not happening, albeit the the one exception in game two as right. Porter knocks down the second free throw, where he scored. I want to say the first what sixteen points. Well, that was game? the that was the most recent game. Oh, okay. Uh, um, the uh, um, the game four Okay. Uh, when they were down two one, he scored the first 13 and then That's I think it was, I was like he assisted or scored on the first 22 right or something crazy um but but yeah in game two he put up the 46 on some ridiculous like 17 of 24 yeah from the field um but you know in the other games he's been kind of in that 30 range in terms of his point production yeah and I you know it's hard to really criticize him because he's playing so many minutes, he's not getting a lot of rest. They're playing about 46 minutes a night. And and that's a lot to ask to not only play defense, but be your the main creator every possession. Uh, but it does feel like at times that he's kind of just spacing out on offense and letting these guys that he doesn't have Kyrie anymore. So, right. you know, just being out on the perimeter and kind of just being on the floor is not... a a good option for the Cavs, like it had been in years past right uh you know giving the ball to guys like Clarkson and Rodney Hood and and those guys and George Hill to try to make plays like yeah you can do that every now and again but if you're relying on four to five minutes of consecutive runs of a quarter where that's happening that's where the Cavs can really go into droughts right I think I think you need to look
0: at the matchups and if you've got like you said that guy guarding him I think LeBron's got to take advantage of it. You've got to make the other team pay for not double-teaming you. because mm-hmm. you know? then as well, re- three yeah. is no good. Because once they start with the double-teams, that's going to open up so many other options. It's going to open up wide-open shots, three-pointers, you know, for the rest of your team, cutting lanes to the basket. I mean, yeah, if they're not going to
2: double you, I would just,
0: let's go for 40, 50 points.
2: Right, and... <laughs> You know, there's there's often times where he'll start the possession as the primary playmaker. He'll drive into the paint. The defender kind of sags off him and and cuts him off a little bit. And he's not being double teamed. The other guys aren't really actually sinking in. And he just kind of passes it to the other side of the floor and just keeps the offense going. But I think the reason LeBron in his career has been so effective and why, you know, the the superstars in our game make their offenses so good is because they either score for themselves or when they make a pass, they're giving it to a teammate in a position where they can either take a wide-open shot or they've got a defense running out at them that they can attack. You know, and that just exactly. makes your teammates better. And too often I've seen him as Beal hits a little runner in the paint, gets a friendly roll, uh, makes it a 43-39 to 39 game as Washington within four uh the um or excuse me forty three thirty seven. uh the um there's too many times in this series where i've seen lebron just make a pass and his teammate who catches the ball on the other side excuse me i was right the score the person doing the scoreboard on this nba tv is uh is really falling behind here uh making me look bad uh but uh um there's way too many times where LeBron just like has the ball and then just passes it to the opposite side and his teammate catches it and the defender is ready in position and he's got no advantage. Right. And I'm sorry. And it's unfortunate. And yeah, maybe that's a reason why LeBron will want to leave. But, um, you know, the, the rest of the guys on the calves are not good enough to consistently attack defenders that are ready and loaded up against them. Right. I think he's got to go
0: and, this might be tough for him because he's a little older, but you might have to go back to the, the older calf style where he's taking more of the offensive load and yeah. you know,
2: trying to create more and just being more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And even if his efficiency is slightly lower, that's okay, I think. Yeah, As uh, Ananobi, with a nice drive along the baseline, oh, but he's going to be called for an offensive foul mm. as uh, he pushed off with his right arm. Or his off-arm there as mm-hmm. uh, he went in for the lay-in. Dwayne Casey does not like the call though. Again, some more scoreboard malfunctioning. We uh the Wizards <laughs> have gone from 37 to 39 to 37 and back now to 39 without any baskets being scored. <laughs> John Wall with a burst crosses over, gets into the paint. Here's Beal. Beal, a nice spin move. What? Spins back into the defender.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, he, he had the layup and then just chose to uh, go back into the teeth of the defense. <laughs> was... And there Wall loses the ball out of bounds, so very ugly possession for <laughs> Washington that time.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry to laugh. There was just like three unnecessary spin moves that almost turned into a really good play until he turned back into the defender for some reason.
2: That's one of those things where, um, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but... Uh, you you know in basketball it's so important to not like uh predetermine what you're going to do on the yep. floor because you've you you always have to choose how the defender's guarding you and then just in the moment make those <laughs> plays uh but if you choose something and like uh, you know in that case maybe Beal as here's the Wizards on a fast break Beal will get fouled on the transition but uh you know in that case it almost felt like Bradley Beal was going to drive into the paint and then spin back but in that case, Ananobi, he was already beat, so the spin back wasn't even necessary. Yeah. It's, you,
0: you don't want to go into the move uh, thinking, like knowing what you're going to do. You've got to react
2: to it. Right. Yeah. And that's where having a bunch of moves and, and, and practicing and making that repetition so that in any given moment, what you see, you can then figure out and, and do something off of that. Right. But certainly, I had I had moments like that. And, Of course, uh, in high school basketball, like uh, you know, the skill isn't nearly as, as high, and I would have times where I thought I was going to drive in, do a pump fake, and then spin around. And when I would watch the film, I realize, oh, I I did a pump fake, and then I had a wide open layup, but then I chose to do a secondary pump fake, and right. But by the time I had done that, the defense had caught up, and then I got blocked. Is like, uh, that stuff happens?
0: I I remembering a time when I was like. I think in middle school, uh, or it might've been before that it might've been like fifth grade and we're traveling to, I think it was Worcester for a tournament and I was dribbling down the floor and a guy was about to cut me off. And in my mind, I'm thinking of this Michael Jordan play in I believe the finals or or like Eastern conference finals where is cutting off Jordan and Jordan jumps up and does a 360, throws it over his head. So no lie, the guy cuts me off and I jump and I was like I'm going to try a 360 on this move. <laughs> I missed the layup, uh, ended up getting the rebound and putting it back in, but the rest of my
2: team was like, "What are you doing, dude?" <laughs> like, I thought that story was gone with. I missed the layup, got dizzy, landed on my head. Now I have like horrible <laughs> memory loss <Right>. problems, but <laughs> <laughs> Right. Exactly. Uh no, not that. Climactic. Yeah, I, w- I was not that athletic of a player, so I never attempted anything <laughs> that I saw in NBA games, basically. So <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: my role was essentially like, you know, if you're wide open for three, shoot it. If uh, <laughs> if you've got a wide open driving lane, you can drive. But other than that, pass the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, we're back here, here in the second quarter, Beal's free throw goes down. So that makes it a 43-40. to 40. Ball game, it's... if the <laughs> scorekeeper uh, can keep up with us. uh two fourteen uh, to go here in this first half. Jonas Valanciunas hands it off to DeLon Wright. He'll get right of the lane. Finds Ibaka along the baseline. That one's short. So the Wizards, again, with an opportunity to get within one wall, going oh, one man. on three, Aww. but can't make the layup. That was a good move, though. Yeah.
0: Little burst of speed there.
2: Extremely athletic, but just, uh, you know, maybe going a little bit too fast for his own good. Right. Right now with the ball, has Valanchunas, now throws it up to him. DeRozan, a nice crossover, gets into the paint, Mm. a little floater from 10 feet. That one gets the friendly bounce.
0: I like that, like coming off the screen and then using your body to kind of create that space, keep your defender from getting back into the play.
2: Exactly, and having that floater at your arsenal is yeah. uh, is, is crucial for specifically for that play, because if you go for a jump shot, that guy behind you can block it. Yeah. As Wall got fouled on that drive, DeRozan just decided to give him a, a forearm shiver. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's yeah. showing this play right here. He's giving him the body right there to create some space, a little floater over the seven-footer.
2: And yeah, the, as I was saying, the the reason the floater can't be blocked is because he's putting that out in front of his body, so the defender would have to go through his head and his arm to get right. to that ball. Mm-hmm. As the first free throw for John Wall drops.
0: Yeah, that's a move I wish I would have developed. I, f- I feel like I'm still developing mm-hmm. <laughs> as a player. Uh, in high school, I just didn't have that in playing against Norwalk they had a seven foot guy that we would struggle sometimes to go against my coaches are like yeah just attack him you know go at the rim and I'm like I can dunk on a good day
2: (laughs) but not when there's a seven foot guy in front of me (laughs) yeah as wall knocks down both free throws yeah, that's the other thing about you know learning those skills. We weren't able to develop that, especially I wasn't, because we didn't run a lot of pick and rolls in our high school offense. So right, yeah. you know, those skills that you see that these NBA players have mastered, that's from running thousands upon thousands of pick and rolls and uh, learning how the defense guards you and how to attack it. Mm-hmm. As a uh, Porter with a nice little mid-range jumper there, Damn. and all of a sudden this lead is back down to 1, 45-44, as uh, we're approaching the end here of this first half. Again, let's see if Toronto goes for the 2-for-1. They were able to, uh, they try, attempted to do it in the first half, as DeRozan will try again with a deep 3, and he nails a big shot from DeRozan. And Toronto extends their lead back up to to 4 now, 48-44. As uh, there's about a 8-second differential between the game clock and the shot clock here as we wind down this first half. Wall finds Beal right corner. He's wide open, and he hits it. Nice. Big shot. So Beal has come alive a little bit here in this second quarter, that's been big for Washington. As the Raptors will try to get one last shot, and there's a foul, I believe. Uh, I would hope the Wizards have a foul to give. Otherwise, that was a really stupid uh, <laughs> foul to commit. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure what his reaction there. As Indiana leading at fifty-two to forty-five over the Cavs with about three minutes left in the first half of that ball game. Wow! So we are a few minutes ahead of that game. So perhaps uh, as soon as this game concludes, we might be able to go over to that other game and see the, the the finish of that ball game. Sure. That
0: would be awesome.
2: Lowry gets it into DeRozan four on the game clock. Step back three. That one's well well short. Valanciunas saves it for no reason, and that will be the halftime break with the Toronto Raptors leading the ballgame over the Washington Wizards, 48-47, to just a one-point game. Uh, what have been some of your thoughts about this first half, and what do you think uh, uh, in terms of the prospects of who is more likely to win this ballgame after that first half? It could go either way, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Uh, I really like what DeRozan's
0: doing. Mm-hmm. I like how aggressive he's being um but like we were talking about before bradley beal is just now getting it going and washington's right in this game yes. so uh if say wall's able to pick it up a little bit more and beal's able to get it going washington might be able to jump out ahead here
2: yeah it uh it should be interesting it's good we've got another uh, another good game here on duncan dynasty and uh for this week's halftime show, uh, I thought we would uh, discuss a few, we had a, an episode uh, a while back, uh, the What If episodes, we did a couple parts of that series where we would talk about different things that have happened in the NBA, and uh, you know, what if it just had gone a different direction and how that would affect and right. shape the, uh, the history of the league. Uh, and there were a few that uh, we forgot to mention that I thought we could talk about maybe more in depth here. Uh, as we've got a little time here until the second half, the first one I wanted to talk about is what if James Harden was never traded by the Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, of oh course, yeah. the uh, the the Thunder drafted James Harden, I think, with the third overall pick. I think they took Durant, Westbrook, and Harden in consecutive in three consecutive drafts. Yeah. Also got Ibaka in one of those drafts as well. Uh, so they had a nucleus of four guys that were terrific, and of course. Westbrook and I assume Harden will win the MVP this year and Durant all MVP caliber players right uh and then of course Ibaka the rim protector got big man that can shoot the basketball a little bit uh they um you know had a great start to to those that trio in the the first year they made the playoffs they challenged the Lakers took the Lakers to six games in 2010 the Lakers, that Lakers team with Kobe, who won the title that year. Mm-hmm. Then in 2011, lost in the conference finals to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so, you know, uh, within the second year of them making the playoffs, they're already a conference finalist. And then the third year, they make the NBA finals, beating the San Antonio Spurs in the conference finals. And then, of course, losing to LeBron James and the Miami Heat. Uh, and, you know, so you, you looked at this team and you said, they're all so young Right. You know, they've just made a finals appearance. They look really good. They're going to be great for a long time. And then the news came oh, Harden has one year left on his contract, right? And uh, Sam Presti made the aggressive decision to, uh, you know, because James Harden didn't sign the extension, we needed to trade him now. And another part that went into that, that he didn't sign the extension, was that the Thunder gave him about $5 million less than he could have been offered. Mm-hmm. and uh you know that was for luxury tax purposes the owners didn't want to pay that but when it comes down to having like an all-time like dynasty type level team you know paying the luxury tax probably would have been worth it and they probably would have made the money up anyway through nice. the team's success yeah, uh, I remember that happening,
0: and I could not believe that they got rid of Harden at that time. Yeah, because yeah, this dude was all NBA talent, but they had him coming off the bench as like a six man almost. You know, mm-hmm. like whenever Russ uh, Russell Westbrook would you know need to take a break, you had a James Harden also able to run your offense and be one of the main people out there plus a Kevin Durant it was incredible. Yeah. Uh just offensively I just assumed this was going to be a dynasty and then all of a sudden Harden leaves I was I was shocked when I saw that. What about yeah. you?
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty crazy. I mean even though Harden was a sixth man for that team, I think he averaged around 17 points right. a game that season. He wasn't the James Harden sure. that we know today sure. at that point. But It may have just been a matter of, like, if you just give this guy more minutes, more of the time on the ball. And he showed in his first season in Houston, he was immediately an MVP caliber player. Right. Uh, So the, the other thing that always gets me is you just made the NBA Finals. He's got another year on his contract. Even if he walks, right? Yeah. Like, you still have a team that would probably be the favorites to win the title the following season. Right, um you know you look <laughs> at a team like Miami, even though they ended up winning that the, the title the following season over San Antonio, uh you know they still had some guys that were getting older, and Oklahoma City like everyone was going to improve dramatically the following year, right uh, so you know you were one of the top two or three contenders and even if he leaves in free agency, there's always the possibility that you can do a sign and trade with whoever he signs with and get some assets that way. Right. And you could still potentially re-sign him. You could convince him that the extension is the good option. Right. Okay, um, we won a championship. Do you want to win another? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and uh, so even just playing it out and losing him the following year, I think, was a better alternative because, to me, the goal is championships. Right. The whole point of team building is to win a championship, and if you're in a position where you're one of the three teams that has the best chance of winning the title, you gotta go for it. And unfortunately, uh, you know Oklahoma City with that trade then basically delayed their window by a couple of years. Right. And through the development of, uh, you know, Westbrook and Durant, and then they did get Stephen Adams. In right that, in that James Harden trade. Which once like he that. was able to develop, then they started to become a contender once again. But they never did get over the hump. And a team with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and Serge Ibaka yeah. is going to go down in history as a team that never won it. Which is just crazy. It's insane. Like that's a team that you know going forward
0: as this Warriors team is developing, right? I'm imagining that in this timeline, this Oklahoma City team's still doing amazing, going to the finals, but this Warriors team is still getting better and better, and Steph is going to come into his own. I think that they could maybe contend with that Warriors team. Yeah. Right? I mean, which yep. sounds crazy to say. The Warriors, you know, we've talked about that on some podcasts of possibly being the best assembled team mm-hmm. of all time. But like you said, uh, Westbrook, Harden, uh, Durant, and Ibaka – that is, with those four alone, whoever you have at that other spot, you're going to be not only a contender, I think you're a favorite to win it. Right. Defensively, lengthwise, I mean...
2: Yes, and to be honest, like, the the idea of Ibaka at the five with Durant at the four, I understand that it's difficult to, um, you know, to find a two-way wing in, in this day and age in the NBA, uh, they were able to just go super big by trading for Adams and playing that way. But, uh, you know, with those four guys, playing Bach at the five, Durant at the four, and even getting a guy like L- Luke Richard and Ba Mute for Houston, yeah. a guy that can hit an occasional shot and play good defense for you, yeah. that team would be unstoppable. Right. And you've got, const- you could constantly have it so that even two of your big three offensive guys are on the floor at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. And.
2: Um, you know, the other thing that really, uh, intrigues me about this whole what if scenario is in essence, they chose the trio of Westbrook, Durant, and Ibaka over Harden. Yeah. So my question to you would be if you could pick three of those four guys, (laughs) who would you pick and would you choose what Oklahoma city did, which essentially was give me a point guard, a wing and a big man, or would you do something a little bit different? There's, no.
0: yeah, the answer is no, I wouldn't do what they did. Like, James Harden's amazing. Right. And
2: we've obviously seen that. But I'm saying in the event that you had to keep only three. If you had to keep only three... Well, I mean... Because they theoretically could have paid James Harden the max and traded someone else. Either Ibaka or Westbrook or Durant. Right. Ooh, well...
0: Well, that's that's interesting. Like I remember, having,
2: I'm just going to say this right now. Like Durant should be one of the three.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> yes, no, for sure, uh, definitely Durant. No matter who you're taking, I feel like you're taking Durant. Um, I, I remember having conversations with my dad at the time in terms of you know him saying that he thought Harden was even better than Westbrook yes. in terms of efficiency uh, and just decision making. There's some times where, especially at that time. Westbrook's just making some dumb plays every now and then but when he's on he's on yes you know but Harden is just a little more consistent and he can just he can do it all uh I would have I would not have let Harden go for that reason I would have kept Durant and Harden and if
2: I could Westbrook too because you know those guys are amazing if if it was your choice you would trade Ibaka and keep the three perimeter stars totally because
0: at least you've got you still have a seven footer with durant and the scoring power with those three is going to be able to outscore a lot of these other teams yeah you don't need just
2: fill in the big guys find you know veteran minimum guys that just do the dirty work essentially
0: right you know get someone you can do a pick and roll with they don't have to be like uh you know a big uh enforcer down low on the offensive end but you know
2: yeah. Maybe a guy like David West chooses sure. to go to Oklahoma City instead of Golden State when he goes there like a guy yeah. like that. Exactly. Um, I uh that's interesting. I would probably I understand why they kept Ibaka because okay. you know with two all-star perimeter players, like it's probably better for the balance of the team, and especially defensively, to keep your elite rim protector. Okay. Like to me, that's where I I would probably keep Ibaka. Although obviously, uh, and and for one, he also doesn't cost as much as the other guys. Very that's true. That's another benefit. Right. But I would choose Harden over Westbrook. Mm. And you know we we talked about in the when we did our episode on the top twenty-five current players. I picked, you know, I have Harden as a top five guy, Westbrook more towards the bottom of the top ten, and maybe lower than that based on how he's played in this series against the Utah Jazz. Right. Uh, But um, the, the idea of Harden against Westbrook is, for one, like if you put the ball in Durant's hands, Harden is better off the ball because of his shooting ability. Right. Right. And I also think, Harden doesn't monopolize he, he does monopolize the ball some but not as much as a Russell Westbrook. Right. He gets not a, like Russell Westbrook really for the most part just gets his center involved in the pick and roll, he either gets to the basket, shoots a mid-ranger or passes to the center. He's developed a de- like, you know, the ability to find cutters and and uh, you know, occasionally make a pass to the perimeter, but Harden is constantly looking for three-point shots and constantly get, keeping everyone involved on the team. Right. Um so I like that from an offensive perspective. Uh and you know, I I also like it in terms of uh the yes, you can you can focus on Durant at times if he's got a mismatch and know that they can't leave Harden. Whereas now teams can play off of Westbrook quite a bit. Right.
0: Yeah, uh and I remember during that time uh people criticizing Durant every now and then or the dynamic between Russell and and Durant for that reason, that Russell's monopolizing the ball, and you've got the best scorer, I think, maybe in the NBA at that time. I probably would have said that, as Durant is the best scorer, just standing there, mm-hmm. you know, not really being involved in the offense. Why aren't you running the offense through him? Right. you know like You're a point guard first. You can obviously get your shots at any point, but Russell seems determined no matter who's on his team to be the one who's taking those shots.
2: Yeah, well, and that's why Durant is so good offensively, though. Like, even in that role where Durant is, uh, you know, hogging the ball to a certain extent, he can still be so effective and so efficient right. playing off the ball and not getting consistent touches. Uh, you know, you can have him run around screens and catch mm. and shoot. You can He can spot up and hit threes from anywhere on the floor. And then, yeah, if you need him to go get you a bucket, he can do that as well. Um, so yeah, I fully agree that Durant Durant is the one guy that out totally. of the, out of all four of those guys, you need to keep him. Um, mm-hmm. the 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 idea of keeping Westbrook, Durant, and Harden is interesting though, and and that would have produced the most fun, enjoyable <laughs> right. basketball to watch. I think that's where um, that's coming from <laughs> right. for me. It's more just out of fan
0: like like a video game, just wanting to see dunks and all kinds of highlights. But exactly. I think you're
2: right. Chemistry wise, it probably would work better with a team balance Durant. and. And also defensively, you know Ibaka right. was a good re uh, a good part oh, yeah. of why they were really dominant defensively for those few years. Um, but you know, you look at Ibaka now. You know he's still a solid role player, but he's nowhere near the level of any of those three guys at this right. point. Um, but you know his contract expired already, so you know you, uh, they could have just moved on from him anyway, even if they had right. kept him originally. Uh, but yeah, that's a it's a very interesting. Um, very interesting. What if and there's so many, so many different uh, different ways that could have gone. Do you do you imagine if they kept Harden and just paid the luxury tax that uh, they'd be a team that has won multiple titles at this point? I think they would have won at least one, to mm-hmm. be honest, uh, because I mean at that time
0: that was the first uh, championship that LeBron had won with. That Miami team, right? Yeah. Yeah, so at that point, we're still not even sure that LeBron is, you know, capable of winning a championship and everything. That's when we're still, I mean, obviously it's LeBron James. We knew he was a great player. But uh, at the time, it's like, oh, they're the villains, and he kind of came up short in the the previous finals. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's possible that that Thunder team could have came back and just been a consistent, you know, threat there to that Heat team. Uh, I'm trying to think matchup-wise to them. You well, know and it would have, win. you know,
2: we, we did get some amazing series between the Thunder and the Spurs, and we might have gotten even a couple more had Harden stayed, which right. would have been really fun as well. Right. But, but yeah, matchup-wise, I mean, uh, you talk about Durant versus LeBron, and then you've got Wade versus Harden, and then you've got Westbrook versus mario chalmers <laughs> <laughs> right and then you've got Sergi Baca versus you know chris bosh mm-hmm. so yeah as you they match up pretty well star for star and even probably have a little bit more firepower as uh, right. the second half gets underway here as uh, toronto uh with a one point lead as we open this third quarter uh but yeah that uh that that would have been fascinating. I agree. I think they would be a team with at least one title, if not more, right uh, at this point. Because the Thunder was always knocking on the door. Like, even Durant's last year,
0: they still had a 3-1 lead on that Warriors team and then end up blowing it. Yeah. Um, there's there's a chance they could have beaten that Warriors team and ended up contending. So, without a Harden.
2: Yep. So. As DeRozan knocking down the first shot of the quarter, Toronto's lead is back up to 3 here. But yeah, it's it's disappointed to look at uh, guys like Harden and Westbrook and say they haven't won titles yet, because they're you know elite elite players and they've had some exceptional seasons. Oh yeah. As Wall settles for a really difficult fadeaway, great defense by Ibaka on the switch, causing the uh, shot clock violation.
0: As we were just talking about Ibaka with all this. <laughs> yes. Like, Oh yeah, definitely. Still a to... solid
2: player, you yeah. know. He's been he's been Toronto's probably third best player this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, still very effective in what he does. Just not quite the uh, you know the superb athlete as he was, in just even a few seasons ago. Right. Derozan with another floater there again, using that move where he gets the defender on his back and keeps yeah. him there. Wall with the basketball for the Wizards. Again, Beale caught fire a little bit towards the end of the second quarter. Let's see if he can keep it up as the his first shot of the second half is off the mark. Lowry pushing the tempo, gets into the paint. Now we'll dribble it back out. Finds Valanchunas. Pretty physical okay. play there from yeah. Gortat. Fade away from JV. Mm. That one's short. I was wondering what he was going to do there. <laughs> and kind of disappointed with the result. Poor pass from Wall in transition there. Gortat not able to come up with that pass as that was over his head. Do you think Minute Bowl could've caught that one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it was pretty high up there. Yeah. <laughs> Manute Bowl. <wow. laughs>
0: I guess that's relevant with Washington, you know, the yes, bullets and that's right.
2: DeRozan's three is off the <laughs> mark. But uh you know, another interesting uh Another interesting what if, as Beal knocks down a step back jumper, we'll get into it the next commercial break. Uh, is I have the whole Chris Paul being traded to the Lakers, and then that trade being nixed by the NBA, not mm. allowing it to happen. We'll we'll get into that here at the the next stoppage. Yeah. As Lowry hits a takes a three and hits, leaning yeah. to his left, a really tough shot, but he knocks it down. Lowry this season, uh, you know, his offensive numbers are down across the board, but his three-point percentage is pretty high, and uh, you know his the amount of three-point attempts are up this season, so uh, he's been kind of a three-point gunner for this starting unit. Yeah, he's been shooting really well today. As Beal kind of bullies his way to the basket and puts it up and in. 55-51 with nine minutes and 26 seconds to go in the third. Indiana with a 56-49 lead over Cleveland as DeRozan hits another fadeaway jump shot. Uh, 56-49 lead over Cleveland's seven-point edge for the Pacers at the half. Again, we'll keep you updated with that as we go along. Lowry with a steal. He's got a breakaway wall. Uh, He was a little bit afraid of wall, and wall blocks it from behind. Oh, man, you got to go up
0: strong there or just pass it
2: to, who was that coming behind? That was Ananobi. Oh, and then a beautiful transition play, and Gortat is tackled to the floor. Uh, Toronto Raptors decided to shoulder charge the Wizards' center. Yeah, that was just, uh, he was intimidated by Wall for the, and Wall is good at those chase down blocks. Yeah. But uh, I agree with you. You just got to go up and, uh, and uh, you know, make him make that play. Otherwise, pass it, you know, and, and make him commit to you and then dish it off to your teammate. Right. As the referees are uh, trying to figure out something here, as uh, it looks like Gortat will go to the free throw line. You know, talking about the the pace of the game, the flow of the game in the NBA, I think one of the things they struggle with a little bit too much is how long it takes the free throws to happen. Mm. I I often notice, you know, that uh, 30 seconds goes by before the guy even attempts the first free throw. Yeah. And that's just something that you could speed up a little pretty easily and just enforce some rules that if, uh, if teams don't get to the line quick enough, you know, just call them for a delay of game, that sort of thing. Right. As Gortat knocks down the free throws, 57 to 53, the Raptors lead is back down to four. Derozan again attacking off the Ooh. dribble has his pass stolen by Beal. Beal, on a one-on-two, will settle for a three and nail it. <laughs> oh man, that was... I guess I shouldn't have said settled because right. Beal, one of the best shooters in the NBA, <laughs> but uh, it seemed like a difficult shot given that it was a three-on-two break.
0: Uh, uh... Definitely shows the difference in uh this era of the NBA versus older school. Like As
2: Valanchunas knocks down a little right handed runner.
0: Typically three on one fast break, you're looking for a layup or something like that.
2: Exactly. As Beale's shot is off the front of the room no good. That's yeah, in the uh in the eighties the coach would have yelled at the player for stopping <laughs> at the three point line. Right. But with uh, the age of analytics and realizing three is more valuable than two, I mean, uh, I think most coaches are okay with those, those sorts of plays now.
0: Oh, yeah. It makes you think what a, like a, a Mark Price would be like in back in the 80s pulling up on a fast break like that.
2: Right, just having that much more freedom to, to play to his strengths. Right. As Wall knocking down the mid-range jumper. If he's got that sh- shot going, he's really tough to stop. Oh, yeah. Wizards back within one. We've got a timeout by Toronto. So let's go into this other what if uh, sure. question that I wanted to talk about, and that is the Chris Paul trade that was nixed by David Stern at the time, the the commissioner mm-hmm. of the NBA in 2011. Chris Paul was going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers and join the two time defending champs, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the um, the the what the uh, the they were the new orleans hornets at the time now they're the pelicans but at okay. the time they were the hornets the hornets slash pelicans would have <laughs> received kevin martin who was a shooting guard that averaged 20 a game for his career pretty good score luis scola you know a big mm-hmm. man that solid player lamar odom guy that played was a key player on those lakers teams goran dragic who is now an all-star point guard for the miami heat and uh, a A uh, draft pick in that year's draft, which ended up being the 18th pick overall. So, you know, a decent package, but, um, you know, at the time, the Pelicans did not have, or the Hornets, did not have an owner. Oh. So, the NBA essentially was acting as the owner of the Pelicans, and they basically assessed that the trade was not a good enough package for Chris Paul, and therefore said this trade is nullified. But, I mean, of course, when you would make a trade, both teams, and especially the ownership, has to agree to it. Sure. Um, so the NBA stepped in for the New Orleans and said, no, thank you. And uh, this was a surprise because all these GMs for all these teams had already figured out this trade, thought it was happening, it had been announced, right. and then it was denied. Um, some other details about this trade, uh, the... Um, the Lakers would have received Chris Paul to go with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have had to give up, though, uh, Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom. Mm. And the Rockets would have received Pau Gasol, and they would have given up Goran Dragic, Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, and that first-round pick. Uh, mm. So what are your just initial thoughts about that trade and how that would reshape the landscape of course then Chris Paul wouldn't have then been traded to the Clippers he would have been playing in LA just for the other right. Los Angeles based team <laughs> um may have extended and made those last couple of good Kobe Bryant seasons a little bit more relevant yeah uh and uh also you know you look at Houston in their process of like getting James Harden they may have already had Paul Gasol uh, on their roster when they did that, so maybe those early James Harden Rockets teams might have been a little bit better. Uh, and then of course uh, the the thing with New Orleans, what New Orleans eventually got in the trade, they uh, they received Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. who's a good player uh, scorer for the Houston Rockets now. Chris Kaman, Al Farouk Aminu, who's the starting small forward for the or power forward for the Portland Trailblazers and uh, a draft pick that eventually was the 10th overall pick they ended up taking Austin Rivers. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh the uh, in terms of the the two packages I don't honestly believe what they eventually got was much better right. than uh, the original offer which is which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it I don't know why why did the
0: NBA think that wasn't a good trade?
2: I mean, Chris Paul was, you know, at his apex. He was right. a, I mean, you know, top five player in the league they thought for for him you should be getting you know either a bounty of draft picks or you know a star player in return and yeah they didn't necessarily get either of those but they did get getting... eight first round pick Goran Dragic who became an all-star caliber player right but he wasn't at that level at that point and a couple solid veterans but that just they didn't deem that as enough of a right a, a return for a guy like chris paul is john wall so we're back here and john wall drives down the paint and gets fouled
0: d what are your thoughts on if that trade was i mean
2: yeah i i mean looking at what they eventually got i, I don't think it was much better um mm-hmm. the interesting thing for new orleans though and again what makes these what if so interesting is the package they got later actually had less current talent you know the mm-hmm. the original package they would have gotten guys like Kevin Martin, Luis Scola and Lamar Odom who were good right then and would have made their team better immediately right um but new orleans th- that season after trading paul had the worst record in the nba mm-hmm. then drafted anthony davis oh so in lar- like denying that trade making sure their team was worse once they trade chris paul actually benefited the the uh, the pelicans in the long run
0: interesting
2: okay I mean, yeah, as
0: a as a basketball fan, I thought it would be really cool to see, you know, a Kobe Bryant. Because Valanciunas
2: is blocked on that
0: attempt. Uh, Kobe Bryant getting to play with another elite player towards the end of his career, as opposed to, you know, just riding off
2: into the sunset with this terrible team and, you know, just taking all of the shots. <laughs> Porter knocking down the shot to give the Wizards a one-point lead. Here's Lowry trying Whoa. to answer
0: back, and he does they three-pointer from deep wow
2: yeah I'd, I'd uh yeah the whole kobe bryant scenario with chris paul yes i agree that would have been fascinating to watch and you know really kobe's last real great season was 2012 yeah uh, and then tore his achilles in the 2012-13 season mm-hmm. uh, but yeah giving that his end of his career a little bit more life with a player that was better than him honestly at that stage right uh would have been would have been fascinating. So I believe we have a jump ball on the floor as uh Ananobi and uh Gortat were fighting for it, they'll jump it up. Do you think
0: that would have helped uh Kobe's legacy then? In order to like say they end up winning a championship and Paul's on the you know, on the team kind of leading that team, that would give Kobe like what, that would give him six. To match, you know, Jordan's and I want to say Kareem's record of, of six, but,
2: you know... Well, that's the thing, you know, does it make them... I, I I fully believe Chris Paul's better than Pau Gasol, but just in terms of a the fit and the overall structure of the team, does that make them that much better? Because, you know, those Lakers teams weren't really in 2011 or 2012. They right. were, were knocked out pretty early uh in they lost to the mavericks they got swept by that team that won the title and then in 2012 trying to remember who they lost to but uh, it might have been it might have been the thunder in the second round they lost to uh so you know they were second round playoff teams i mean yes chris paul maybe makes them a little bit better but i don't know if it truly gets them over the hump to to be the champions they'd
0: still have to make a few more moves in order to
2: yeah well, and Andrew Bynum, you know, another guy that mm. kind of built that team around, had kind of broken down at that point physically. Right. As Marcin Gortat gets a nice dish and finishes it. And we're tied up at 64 here with 5.23 to go in the third quarter. Really competitive basketball game here. Ooh. As DeRozan loses the basketball, we got a fast break for the Wizards, and Beal will get the easy slam. And all of a sudden, oh. the Wizards have the lead here. Wow, okay. as we hit the five-minute mark here in the third. Valanchunas with the basketball for Toronto. Here's Lowry. He'll kick it to Ananobi, and he hits the three. Big shot from the rookie. Oh, yeah. Washington, let's see if they can answer. It's been a little bit of a back-and-forth duel here so far here in this third quarter. (laughs) Wall will pull up again from about Mm. 17-fit and hit.
0: Man, pull up. Like you
2: said, when he's hitting that
0: shot, it's pretty tough. Oh,
2: And then they're coming back down, Ibaka leaking out in transition, gets ahead of the defense and draws the foul. Took a shot to the chops on that yeah. one. Yeah, Beal uh,
0: a lot more aggressive in this half, and I think it's showing mm-hmm. for the team and
2: everyone else is following suit. The other game currently going, uh, the Pacers and Cavs, that one is tied up at 56 with 8 minutes and 51 seconds to go in the third quarter. So both games here are pretty exciting and interesting. And again, both of these series tied at 2, so the winner of this game uh, you know, has a big advantage heading into game 6. Yeah. And again, in both cases, Pacers and Wizards, if they're able to pull it out, they go back home for a closeout game. As uh, Ibaka, I believe, knocks down the first. Porter will check out. For Washington, and Mike Scott will come back into the ballgame. Again, low-scoring ballgames in each, in each contest here in the Eastern Conference. Later tonight is uh, Utah versus Oklahoma City. That's uh, following the Cavs' Pacers on TNT. But that uh, that series is three to one Utah with the edge, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma City going back home for Game Five. Um, obviously a must-win for them. Any predictions with that? I uh, you know, I definitely think Utah is the better basketball team from the first four games. I think the the advantage of playing at home, and I think Oklahoma City will will probably uh, come out and get Game 5. But I I like Utah. Even though I picked Oklahoma City at the beginning of the series, I I like Utah now. Yeah. It was one of those series, though, where whoever had home court advantage I was probably going to take. I thought it was going to be that tight. Uh, But Oklahoma City's defense has been really disappointing in that series. We were talking a little bit beforehand that, uh, you know, the, the options they're choosing defensively seem to be the wrong ones. You know, when you've got a guy like Ricky Rubio... When you've got guys like Joe Ingles, with Rubio, you want to make him shoot. You want to make him into a scorer. Uh, and with Joe Ingles, you want to make him put the ball on the floor. And with both of those guys, they've kind of played to their strengths. They've let Ingles get a bunch of wide-open shots. They've double-teamed Rubio off the pick-and-roll, which opens up all the passing angles for him. Right. And that's, again, you know, you're know, you opening up his greatest strength there. <laughs> uh, it, uh It's been a real disappointing defensive performance as uh, Pirtle, driving down the lane on the pick-and-roll, gets fouled. He'll go to the line. Uh, And Carmelo Anthony has been especially disappointing. Uh, I believe he was 5 of 18 in the last game. Yes. And his defense has been poor all season long. But you thought, oh, you know, he's Carmelo in the playoffs. His offensive game will step up, right. but it really hasn't. Uh, he's not. He's just not been able to knock down shots, which is you know what he's made a ton of money so far in his career in the NBA. Right. Um, yeah. If Carmelo's not getting it done
0: on the offensive end, he's really not helping he's, you out. He's a, a lot negative of, player. Right. Um, you were saying with Paul George with. Uh, you know, they changed their defensive scheme on him.
2: And he, you know, he relies a lot on those step back threes, those off the bounce threes, and they kind of closed that airspace, made him more of a driver. And, you know, he's made some plays, but he's just not as consistent finishing at the rim or hitting tough, contested mid range twos. And again, if he's hitting tough twos, that's not as bad as him hitting the three ball. So, uh, as Marcus or Markeith Morris air balls the three there. Uh, so, it's been It's been surprising to me, one that Utah was able to limit both Westbrook and George. I thought they would be able to slow down Westbrook with Gobert's activity around the basket. yeah but I, I didn't think they were going to be able to shut down George to this extent also uh and then also i I didn't think Utah was going to be able to score at this sort of level. They were an average offensive team, mm-hmm. even slightly below average in the regular season, but they've been scoring very well against the Thunder defense. In large part, I think, because of scheme and just an over-aggressiveness. Right. As C.J. Miles knocks down a three, a beautiful pump fake to create the separation. Drake is very happy about that play. <laughs> which is cool. He's been on his phone pretty much the entire game. So. <laughs> <laughs> As there's another jump shot that goes for John Wall again, knocking down the J tonight, which yeah. is, uh, is crucial for him. Uh, yeah. Makes him real tough to stop. As Drake on the sideline there, standing up as well next to Dwayne Casey, as there's a shot from Lowry that's no good. Uh, I think Drake has uh, sat back down now. He's he's cooled off. (laughs) Wall now will throw the cross-court pass to Lawson, who will find Scott for a 10-footer, and he nails it. That was a nice pass. Yes, it was. Wizards playing pretty good offensive basketball here in the third quarter. DeRozan, guarded by Lawson's got a big size advantage, tries to find Pirtle, and he b- I believe he caught his own pass. Did you see that going on with Lowry? I missed to- that. <laughs> what was happening? Was- uh,
0: I, the, somehow the two of them got tangled up, and it looks like Lowry's pretty fired up right now yelling at the ref. He might end up with a tech or something here, but, yeah, you can see.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, Ubre. I mean, I, I'm not sure what led to Oubre falling, but then it seemed like he kind of pulled Lowry to the ground. Yeah. It was like, I'm falling to the ground, you're coming with me sort of right. thing. <laughs>
0: like I'm watching uh, DeRozan you know, trying to set up for another one of those floaters and all of a sudden I'm like, why is Lowry and Oubre, why are they just rolling around on the ground right now? This is weird.
2: But uh, going back to the what if about that Chris Paul trade that never happened, mm-hmm. the uh, the interesting thing, and again, NBA conspiracy theory here, Ooh. Uh, about to throw at you. Right. Uh, the fact that New Orleans uh you know and the league basically prevented that trade from happening and then in the following draft lottery the ping pong balls went their way do you hmm. think there's any uh question about the <laughs> validity of that uh, that draw so so you're saying the the league
0: <laughs> vetoes that this trade and then they play an entire year and then The draft happens, and Anthony Davis happens to be the number one pick, and then goes to New Orleans.
2: But the league essentially denied a trade which would have made the Pelicans better, which would have made their record better, which would have hurt their lottery chances. And the trade they accepted leaned more towards, okay, we're going to be bad to improve our draft pick. And then they just so happened to to win the lottery. I... I mean, I'm just going to say, like, I'm I'm throwing this out there, but I don't believe what I'm saying at all. (laughs) No, I know. I know what you're saying. Um,
0: I'm trying to think how I want to answer this. There are some of those, quote-unquote, NBA conspiracies that seem to have some validity to them. Yes. Uh, But I'm not sure that this is one of them. I feel like L.A. being one of the biggest markets for the NBA, to have two stars with Kobe and Chris Ball playing there, I think the league would want that type of thing to happen. You know, I get yeah. that New Orleans is also a, a big market that they're trying to get going and obviously helps to have a uh you know uh, uh an Anthony Davis there, but there's no guarantee that you're gonna get an Anthony Davis that early on. Right. Um we could get into some of those at some point though, like uh, New York Knicks is one that comes to mind in the mid uh, 80s.
2: There. The 85 lottery, which was the first draft lottery. Mm-hmm. And of course, David Stern, prior to being the commissioner, was a huge New York Knicks fan. Right. And there's a there, this conspiracy theory there is that there was a folded envelope <laughs> that allowed them to select which one was the, the Knicks envelope. Yep. That was prior to the ping pong ball era. Yep. And I've even seen stuff with the ping pong balls that, like, just a little,
0: you know, it seems a little shady the way that, like, oh, they're scooping up, but it looks like he's searching
2: for that exact ball there. Weird. One of them just slightly is, like, more squishy or, like, you right. know, isn't inflated quite as much. Right. So. <laughs> oh, look at that.
0: Who, who would have known? Um, yeah, that would be a fun pot to do. I, yeah, I don't think it's a, a conspiracy with that.
2: But yeah, I mean, all in all, I would say, you know, it obviously didn't benefit the Lakers to not acquire Chris Paul. It didn't benefit right. the Rockets to not acquire Paul Gasol. So, but I think it did benefit the Pelicans that they ended up eventually getting Anthony Davis, even though it wasn't, you know, it was a couple of steps after that trade that led to that. But right, uh, we'll see how that works out with this <laughs> next right. round here. Exactly, as uh, we've got a turnover, I believe, by the Wizards on that play. So Toronto with the basketball trailing by two with uh, two minutes and ten seconds to go here in the third period. The Toronto bench crew uh, mostly into the game along with DeMar DeRozan as he'll dribble towards the baseline. Get under the basket, tries to reverse it up. Rebound Pirtle, he puts it back up and in. That was a good rebound. We're all knotted up at 74 now. A nice behind-the-back dribble from Lawson. He finds Morris for a wide-open three. That one's short. Morris hasn't had his shot going this evening. No, he hasn't. Now you said we're tied up at 74, right? And yes, the uh, the scoreboard man is really. Uh, oh no, it is. Yeah, it's. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's not doing his job that well. As the three-point <laughs> shot from Miles has missed, it'll be out of bounds. The the Raptors will maintain possession here. I wonder if he's just like on his phone texting or tweeting and just, uh, <laughs> oh, they made a three, all right. <laughs>
0: it's it's that guy taking pictures of Drake right there. It was, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that's who he was taking pictures of. I saw someone on the scorer's table there like phone
2: out, as we were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> DeLon Wright will inbound. it, gets it into DeMar DeRozan. Raptors have a full shot clock to work with here. DeRozan against Scott, gets under the basket, finds right in the corner. Pressured by Lawson here. A little bit of a size advantage there. He doesn't take. (laughs) Pirtle kicks it out to DeRozan. He'll settle for a deep three. That one bounces in a friendly roll. They call that the shooter's touch. Yeah. And Drake is really happy about it. (laughs) What is that that he's wearing? Do you you mind describing his, uh, Drake's attire here?
0: Uh, looks like he's got kind of a sweatsuit, but it almost looks like a, I don't know, we got to get another close-up on him.
2: Uh, Which are, I'm sure we'll think? get another five or six before this game's over. Right. Yeah, it seems like some sort of a, you know, he's, he's wearing basketball-related material.
0: Yeah. You think he's, like, ready to jump on the, like, he's got a <laughs> toronto Raptors jersey (laughs) yeah i'm
2: not sure is he uh, i don't know has he been in any of those like uh, celebrity uh games i don't know if he actually can play the the sport of basketball or if he's just a fan
0: i think he can play i don't know how good he is uh but i'm not sure that i've seen him actually play like like justin bieber another you know canadian does play in a lot of those and actually you know it's His shot
2: so, is ugly. It is so Really ugly. ugly. And
0: he's so short and so small, but, like, actually doesn't play too badly in some of those games compared to other celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just for anyone listening, you know, those are games where Scottie Pippen is, like, letting Justin Bieber shoot over him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sure even at this age, Scottie Pippen could destroy Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't even be close. Ooh.
2: DeRozan with the Eurostep seemed to be pushed from behind. I always love when it's a very obvious foul and then all of the players on the bench and the player that committed the foul is just immediately like up in arms. <laughs> right. We're seeing a slight close-up of, it looks like Drake is uh, talking trash with John Wall there. <laughs> There's a close-up, Star Trek.
0: Oh, Star Trek. Is that a brand? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I've I've heard his most recent album, but I I only listened to it once through. I'm not sure if that's a reference to something. It sounds like it's a reference to Star Trek, and it's a tracksuit, maybe. That's probably
2: know. exactly what it is. But that also seems extremely nerdy and right, <laughs> kind of lame, but right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't get it. So, uh, Wall with the basketball here. There's about a seven-second differential between the game clock and the shot clock. Washington down two. Wall will dribble, gets all the way to the bucket, and lays it in with the left hand using that elite speed there. Yeah, that is
0: hard to stop, especially on a mismatch like that.
2: So, we're tied at 78. Toronto will get the last shot of the quarter here. DeRozan at the free-throw line fading away, and he hits it. Plus the foul. Ooh. Oh, it looks like it's a foul off the ball. Kelly Oubre pushed... Jakob Pirtle, so Pirtle will get a free throw. But uh, DeRozan going a little bit early there, leaving a little bit of time left for Washington. Yeah, Uh, and
0: I I, I don't know. I was watching DeRozan. I wasn't watching everything else. I don't know if it was a situation where he felt like he couldn't have waited a few more seconds, like he had to go now. But generally, if you can, leave it as the last shot of the quarter. That's what you want to do.
2: I'm assuming they're going to the replay to determine if this is anything more than just a common foul on Oubre as he kind of throws Pertle to the ground there. Uh, you know, wouldn't be shocked if that ends up being a flagrant one. He kind of just grabs him and tosses him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Which
2: That's... that could be a really... Um, you know, big call in this game because that would give Pirtle, I believe, two free throws, and then Toronto would then get possession with 3.3. So, not only giving them a couple extra points, but then giving the Raptors the last shot of the quarter. Yeah, we're going to see here. Oh, you know what they were actually reviewing, and I read the referee's lips there was to determine if the foul occurred before the shot. They're saying no basket. Oh, for the Raptors, it's a foul on the floor and they're not calling it a flagrant foul. So, about as uh, you know, as bad of a scenario as uh, Toronto could have hoped for there. Right. <laughs> that's the other thing I don't necessarily like. We've talked about mm. how referees call fouls and those sorts of things. Like, that's a situation where the foul you know, is an advantage for the team right. that committed the foul. Right. Pirtle missing the first free throw, so they're probably at best going to get one point out of this possession. Right. When, you know, theoretically they probably should have had three, as Wall will take the shot from half court as the buzzer expires in the third quarter and doesn't get it to go. At the end of three, Toronto holding on to a one-point lead, 79-78. to 78. And in the other game... Cleveland extending their lead over the Pacers 68 to 59 with 5:35 to go in the third quarter of that ball game. Uh so uh maybe Cavaliers fans breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief getting a little bit of a cushion there although Indiana <laughs> has been able to go on runs in that series. Yeah,
0: I I would not be surprised if Indiana comes back and uh you know, it's another close one at the very end.
2: uh, we've got one more what-if scenario to discuss here I thought would be interesting, and that is the whole DeAndre Jordan uh, verbally committing on the first day of free agency to sign with the Dallas Mavericks, and then, because of the moratorium period that they had, he couldn't actually commit for another seven or so days, and in that process, the Los Angeles Clippers team and their coach Uh, you know, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, J.J. Reddick, Doc Rivers, they all essentially kidnapped DeAndre Jordan and locked him in there in in I think it was either J.J. Reddick or Blake Griffin's house and just talked with him and hung out with him until he changed his mind. And uh, he eventually re-signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. The Dallas Mavericks then essentially not only lost out on DeAndre Jordan, but because they had essentially thought that they had that commitment, didn't weren't able to sign anybody else, and by the time they lost Jordan, everyone else that they would have been interested in had signed with other teams. What do you think Paul did to him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
0: imagining like JJ Reddick is there with like I don't know. Yeah, like J.J. Reddick is device. a
2: you know a part-time hypnotist. Right. <laughs> exactly. You will re-sign with us. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> apparently worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, that... Uh, for the Clippers, you know, that, that felt like a, a real defining moment for that core of players. It ended up, you know, they didn't end up having much more success even in the following year or two that they had right. those guys together. Of course, now uh, DeAndre Jordan is the only player left. Right. <laughs> J.J. Reddick's in yeah, Philly, right. Chris Paul is in Houston, Blake Griffin's in Detroit, and DeAndre Jordan, you know, all these guys convinced me to stay, only Doc Rivers is left. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, the interesting thing, you know, I think it's more interesting from Dallas's perspective is because they've kind of gone more into a rebuilding mode the last couple of years, and... You know, they, they ended up getting the ninth pick in the draft last year, which they ended up getting um Smith Junior, uh, who's a really um real athletic young point guard that seems like he's got a lot of promise. Probably has one of the maybe three or four highest upsides in the entire of last year's draft. Wow. So they got a good young player there. This year they were bad again. I think they've got the third best lottery odds. So I think, considering Dirk is aging and he's, you know, not nearly the player he used to be, it might have actually panned out that they didn't get a DeAndre Jordan because, you know, he's not super young either. I think he's about thirty. Right. So it's probably better that they went towards more of a rebuild as opposed to spending a ton of money on Jordan. Yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that. That's
0: yeah, it's always tough with these what ifs. Yeah, it's,
2: it's hard to tell what would happen, what wouldn't, but. Well, and it's it's sad from Dirk's perspective because the guy's given so much to that organization and he's unfortunately in his last couple of years had to play on some pretty mediocre to lousy basketball teams. Right. Whereas it would have been fun to see Dirk in another postseason right. uh, you know, one last time, but which Deandre Jordan, I'm sure, would have helped potentially get them in even if it was just to be like an 8 seed and get swept. Exactly. As we're back here at the start of the fourth quarter, Ty Lawson has an open shot along the baseline and he knocks it down. Washington with a one point lead, eighty to seventy nine with eleven and a half to go in the ball game. So the Wizards, you know, in pretty good position here. You'd you'd be pretty happy knowing the series is tied two two. You're up one on the road in game five. Right. As Miles tries to throw the pass to Pirtle, he tried to slam it down over Gortat, and it looks like Gortat's called for the foul.
0: There's that hammer tattoo.
2: Yes, get to see that nice up and close there. He did uh, just recently shave the mohawk, so he was even a... uh, uh, I was about to say more intimidating presence a week ago, but I don't know how intimidating a mohawk is actually. <laughs> Maybe
0: it depends on the person. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think
2: a mohawk could be very intimidating
0: or just looking ridiculous. Yes. Or somewhere in between. I don't know what Birdman's mohawk was. He was pretty <laughs> intimidating on the defensive end, but sometimes...
2: it was More just... because he was just a live wire. He, he just seemed kind of like a crazy person at times <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> you know, could could go off at any moment. <laughs> right. And so the first free throw from Pirtle was no good. Pirtle, uh, mediocre free throw shooter, but he's able to knock down the second one. And we're all knotted up at 80. Cavs still holding on to an eight-point lead over in the other contest. Yeah. Again, the, the winner of this series plays the winner of that Pacers-Cavs series. And honestly, none of the four teams are, uh, you know, really impressing at any point as John Wall knocks down another mid-range jumper. He's really had that going all evening long. Toronto with Siakam, Lowry, Wright, Miles, and Pirtle on the floor. Washington with Oubre, Lawson, Gortat, Scott, and Wall. Wright isolating on Gortat, gets past him. The floater in the paint doesn't get the roll. Gortat with the board. Here's Wall. Here's another jumper. That one's Ooh. well off the mark. Fight for the uh, rebound. It... Gortat comes up with it. Wow. And a nice save there. Yeah, it really was. The ball missed the rim, though, so the shot clock did not reset. Five Uh-oh. on the shot clock. Wall finds Uh-oh. Lawson. Two on the shot clock. Fadeaway 20-footer. That one's short. That's so and amazing. that's a shot clock violation. Yeah, I thought it might have grazed the front of the rim, but apparently not. So, Toronto with a solid defensive possession there. Again, an opportunity to try to tie or take the lead on this possession. Cleveland has up their lead now to 10. Indiana, again, looking at those numbers, struggling to score on the Cavaliers' defense, which, again, is, uh, is something that's continued to surprise me. Right. The Cavs going with a very aggressive pick and roll strategy against the likes of Oladipo in that series Hmm. you know they're essentially double teaming Oladipo and then sending even a third defender on the roll man of that guy that would be the outlet pass so essentially they're playing the three other offensive players are being guarded by two guys uh you know there's got to be ways to attack that that uh, the Pacers just haven't been able to figure out but yeah uh, you know they're they're trying to obviously take away Oladipo, and then if you're not effective at attacking the Cavs' aggressive defense, then they're going to just going to stick with it. Right. It's Washington getting another bucket, extending their lead to four. It's a little bit of danger time here for the Wizards as Pirtle with a beautiful reverse spin shot, putting a little English <laughs> on that yeah, that's layup.
0: A, that's a tough move. Nice steal, though.
2: Yes, Wright with a really good defensive play. Wright, a really solid defensive player. Yeah. Really long arms for a guy at six five. Lowry guarded by Oubre. Finds mm-hmm. Siakam rolling to the hoop. And he doesn't get it to go. Pirtle with the tip. He can't finish either. Here comes Washington. Wall pushing the tempo. Gets to the basket. Finds Oubre. Corner three. No good. Ooh. Lawson with a rebound. Oubre will Ooh. slam it home. Plus the foul. <laughs> Kelly Oubre. <laughs> With an impressive play, and uh, Washington getting a couple of offensive rebounds in the last couple of possessions and taking advantage of those second chance points.
0: Yeah, I mean that's huge there too. Smallest like, guy on the floor getting that <laughs> rebound in Lawson. Exactly. Like, man, who wants it more? This is this is a decisive game. Man, you got three really tall players getting beat for a rebound, not even really going up for it either. For what they're doing
2: great dunk by him though. so in terms of toronto the panic meter it's got to be at a 10 at this point right right they've already <laughs> lost the game so just might as well give up
0: uh no still plenty of of game left but uh you know you really don't have a whole lot of possessions to waste in this close of a game yeah in this decisive of a game you really gotta play it right you can't mess around with this stuff
2: yeah, let's see. I'll uh take another look at uh, some of the stats here of this ball game and break down some of the interesting things that are happening. Of course, John Wall with twenty six points, ten of eighteen yeah. from the field. Um, you know, we've got uh you know it's been it's been a pretty balanced effort from a lot of the bench guys and some of the role players like Porter with nine, Kelly Oubre with nine, Mike Scott with seven. Yeah. Bradley Beal after a rough start is now seven of fourteen for seventeen points. Uh, so, you know, getting pretty solid production from everybody outside of like a Mark, Markeith Morris is just one for six, really the only guy really struggling for Washington, uh, for Toronto, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan le- leading the way with 30 points on 11 of 20 from the field, uh, Kyle Lowry with 15 points, including three threes and nine assists,
0: mm. uh,
2: but, uh, you know, not getting the, uh, The production from guys like Ibaka, he's taken just three shots, only has three points. Uh, Valanchunas just with eight points. Uh, Guys like Siakam uh, and Norman Powell, uh, you know, only with four points combined. So not getting, uh, you know, the kind of well-rounded support that they normally get uh, that you would like to see. Uh, Looking at some of the plus-minuses, John Wall at plus six in in his 35 minutes so far. Uh, for the Raptors, uh, nothing really too surprising. Most of the guys have been pretty neutral in terms of their time on the floor. Serge Ibaka, the one kind of glaring weakness here, he's at yeah. minus five Ooh. in his 23 minutes. Um, so, you know, somebody for Toronto is going to have to step up a little bit more here as we come down the stretch. You know, DeRozan <laughs> has had a great game. Lowry has played reasonably well. Right. Um, but you know, they just, they need some, some other guys to help produce. Uh, the, um, you know, you, it's at these times that I think Toronto misses a guy like Fred Van Fleet, right. You know, he's, he normally does do this as the guy that uh, even if Larry and DeRozan are doing well, like he's another guy that can, uh, that can help create shots and hit shots and and uh, create his own shot as well, and just make the defense uh, focus in on another guy that that attacks. It uh, you know the the Raptors have really missed him in this series, and if they go down three uh, two, it might be in large part because of his absence. Right, you need someone else to be
0: able to create some shots for people. Like,
2: yeah. Well, and uh, so far in the fourth quarter, the Wizards. Uh, leading this one 8-3 to three as we're getting a quick look at the Cavaliers-Pacers game as LeBron James with the highlights scoring over Miles Turner. They now lead by 12 mm. with a minute 48 to go in the third. So, again, slowly but surely pulling away. And, you know, the third quarter has kind of been Indiana's quarter in this series, but in this game it seems like uh, Cleveland with the advantage. Right. I wonder if Cleveland's just going to run
0: away with this one then.
2: Yeah. Very possible. Indiana just has to get something going offensively. As uh, Ubre out of the timeout, knocks down the free throw, extends the Wizards lead up to five with 847 to go here in the fourth quarter. Miles hands it off to Ooh. Valanchunas. A beautiful back cut for Miles. He was fouled. He couldn't get it to go. He's angry at himself right. over missing that uh, potential and one. Right. But like you said, great back screen by, who's that, Lowry? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: that's one of the things that I think is underrated in terms of point guard play is you know being able to set screens. I think one of the things that makes Steph Curry very special Mm. is his off-ball screening to get guys open, and you know knowing that teams can't leave him open and Kyle Lowry the same way. Teams are afraid to for him to get open for a three. So him being the actual screener makes it really difficult to uh, to communicate and figure out how you're going to defend that. Yeah. Miles knocks down both free throws, so the lead is back down to three for Washington. I think Wall is uh, taking a quick break here. Actually, no, Mm -hmm. he's still out there. My apologies. It's (laughs) Ty Lawson just dribbling the ball up the floor. He gets bumped by DeRozan, and the Wizards will inbound it with 16 on the shot clock. Is anyone in foul
0: trouble in this game? Uh, Because... uh with the last game Bradley Beale, you know, ended up getting fouled out. Luckily Washington was able to
2: still uh pull that one out, but Beal misses that uh that shot rebound for Toronto, but then DeRozan loses the basketball. <laughs> uh yeah, I'll I'll check in on uh the, the foul yeah. difficulties for each team here in a moment. Ooh! A steal from Delon Wright. He's been all over the floor defensively this time able to euro step around John Wall and finish it up and in. Man, yeah, good defense from both teams right here. The uh a, a a neat way to kind of avoid that contest at the rim is even to slow yourself down a little bit and let the guy fly by. I think he did. Wright did a good job of that on that play. Mm-hmm. Beal with the fadeaway along the baseline. No good. Rebound Valanchunas. Toronto pushing the tempo. Lowry gets into the paint, puts it up and in. Oubre trying to draw the charge, and uh, the refs believed he flopped on that one. Drake <laughs> thought it was a flop. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, Toronto takes a one-point lead.
0: We were talking about Drake as, you know, the resident uh, celebrity fan of... Uh... Toronto and you yes. know kind of making some comparisons to some other famous celebrity
2: fans, you know. Jack uh, Nicholson of course. Right. For uh, for the Lakers is the the first one that comes to my mind. Oh, for sure. Uh Spike Lee
0: um Billy Crystal as well for uh, LA Clippers.
2: Yes, and Spike Lee of course for the uh, for the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: trying to think of, of any other ones.
2: Yeah, I mean uh There's not too many, to be honest, which is kind of surprising because uh, I think basketball is a fun sport to watch, and unlike baseball, it's not something that, you know, there's only 41 home games. It's not, uh, you know, some crazy thing that, uh, crazy commitment from somebody. Uh, In terms of uh, looking at the foul problems, neither team really has any issues. Uh, For Washington, Gortat and Wall both have three uh, for Toronto, we've got multiple. We've got three players with three fouls: Ibaka Ananobi, and Siakam. So, okay. Uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, the foul trouble isn't really going to come come much into effect. But uh, one of the things that uh, has been an interesting talking point, and again, it came up in that Game Two game where the Pacers lost to the Cavs and Victor Oladipo got two fouls early on in that ball game. And then the coach immediately pulled him. It was a minute into the game, sat him the entire rest of the first quarter, Mm. and then he played another seven minutes to start the second quarter, picked up his third foul, sat the last five minutes of the second quarter. So he ended up playing about ten minutes less in the first half than he normally would have. And then in the second half, he didn't pick up a single foul. Uh, So it was kind of like, oh, you're as the coach, by taking him out and being so scared that he's in foul trouble and that he's going to foul out and prioritizing him being there at the end of the game, you lost. You know, you you essentially made the foul trouble a problem and it hurt your team. Whereas, you know, unless he actually fouls out, it might not hurt your team if right. you just leave him out there. Right. I, I get that that's a tough spot for a coach, but yeah, you've got to let your best player play and trust that they're smart enough to stay out of
0: foul trouble
2: yeah and uh ben falk on cleaning the glass wrote a, an interesting article about that subject and mm. he talked about you know maybe coaches shouldn't be so afraid of the two fouls in the first quarter at whereas uh, because you're still four fouls away from disqualification whereas okay. if you have four fouls maybe in the third or then, five fouls early in the fourth you're you're so close to being ejected at that point that maybe then you should prioritize sitting and and letting them come back later in the game. Hmm. But, but, yeah, foul trouble early in the ball game certainly I think coaches overreact, and it oftentimes hurts their team. Right. Well, and it's, it's also interesting, you know, a coach like Phil Jackson, considered one of the greatest coaches of all time, he often would play his guys through foul trouble, as you well know. Right. Uh, and, you know, that was against conventional wisdom, even now, but especially back then. Right. And it usually would end up working out. Yes. They wouldn't pick up those fouls. and Yeah. So Washington with the basketball here. We're back here with 7.24 to go in the third. A beautiful hesitation move, but Beal not able to finish. There was a lot of contact, though, (laughs) as he fell to the floor. Here's Lowry with the ball for Toronto. Here's Miles with a really difficult three. He has not been able to convert. I feel like he's missed a lot of... uh, he takes he in general takes a lot of difficult type of three point shots but sure, uh, yeah. he normally hits a few of them he has he's struggled tonight for Toronto. He's another one of those guys that you know you just need a third guy to really help. Valanchunas mm-hmm. with the steal here a transition for Toronto mm-hmm. and DeRozan whams it down with a right hand. Oh man. That's Costly Toronto. turnover there. Yeah. As Toronto now with the lead by three. It was looking like a dire situation a little bit earlier, but a nice little run here from the Raptors. Has them back in front. Wall gets to the paint, finds Gortat, a little (laughs) left-handed running hook. He finishes the Polish hammer. I like that move. With the
0: touch. I wish more centers did a... You know, sky hook, running hooks. I think it's a great move.
2: Yeah, and he he got it off really quick as well. Here's Valanchunas on the pick and roll. He's able to elude Gortat. Mm -hmm. Nifty body control there from the seven-footer.
0: Yeah, a little finger roll too.
2: Yes, so Toronto back up three here as the center's exchanging baskets. (laughs) Wall finds Gortat at the free throw line. Back to Wall. Here's Oubre contested three. That one's short. Toronto, I think, would live with that shot. Right. Ubre, a capable three-point shooter, but uh, certainly not one of the better shooters on Washington's roster. Here's Lowry. Gets into the paint. Finds Valanchunas again. Has the shot blocked. He tries to go around the other side, not able to finish.
0: I think you got to go up stronger than that.
2: Yeah. Five and a half to go here in the fourth. Again, a three-point game. Toronto Leading 92-89, wall-finding Gortat. Beautiful ball movement. Here's Porter. Ooh.
1: He has the ball
2: stripped by Lowry. Beautiful defensive play. Yeah, great defensive hands there. It looked like Porter was about to go up for a mid-range jumper as well and take advantage of the height mismatch. Here's DeRozan with a fadeaway. That one's off. You could tell that one was off the moment it left his hand. Mm-hmm. Oubre in transition. will get Ooh. to the basket. It's going to be a blocking foul. They're going to call that in the shooting motion. Really? Um, okay. it looked like he had gathered the ball but I wasn't sure if he was going to pass it at that point or not Right, I didn't see him go up with it that was... well, a lot of times if the guy does gather the
0: referees will give him the benefit of the doubt oh man, I wish that was a roll when I was in high school <laughs>
2: yeah. I would have gotten so many
0: <laughs> so many of those going to the
2: basket Indiana making a bit of a run has cut the lead down to 6 against the Cavaliers with wow. 9.5 minutes to go in the 4th quarter of that one so that game still tightly contested. Yeah. It's a good night of basketball here. Game 5s, really tight ball games. It really is. These
0: these games could go either way. I mean, is it 91-92? Yes. Yeah, yes. This scorekeeper sorry to keep putting that person on blast, <laughs> but
2: they are really slow. <laughs> As uh, Oubre get cutting it to a one-point game, here's Valanchunas in the paint. His turnaround no good, but he is fouled. Gortat, you know, when, when uh, you were asking about uh, foul trouble, he had three at the time. Mm-hmm. I think he's got uh, maybe five now. I think he's had a couple of fouls down there. So Valanchunas, a pretty good free throw shooter for a guy his size, right around eighty oh, percent. Nice.
0: You said he's been improving his three point shot as
2: well. I mean, he's he's taking three pointers for the first time this year. Uh, so uh, that is that is a new development in his ball game, or in his uh, in his arsenal. As he knocks down the second. not Again, not taking uh, a lot of attempts, but as he knocks down both free throws, makes it 94-91 with 4.38 to go in the ballgame. Here's John Wall with the basketball for the Wizards. Finds Beal curling into the paint. Here's Wall will attempt a deep three. That one's no good. As uh, Wall has been knocking down the jumper so far, but uh, here at the end it's kind of gone a little bit cold for him. Mm Mm-hmm. DeRozan backing down on Beal, shot fake, Beal able to avoid the foul. They're isolating DeRozan once again. He'll drive baseline, puts it up off the glass, no good. Just got him to Washington in transition. Beautiful ball wow. movement as they made three or four passes without the ball touching the floor yeah. and get the dunk. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. 94-93 now. Toronto's lead down to 1 as we're under 4 minutes to go in the ball game. Lowry dribbling the basketball, guarded by Beal. Finds DeRozan. DeRozan over to right. He'll fire a deep three, and he hit it. That one was pure. Yeah. That one barely rippled the net. Yeah, that's a big shot, too. Three. There's a sign that uh, I got a kick out of when I saw it. It's a, it's a huge flag that says, Bench Broski's. <laughs> as here's Beal trying to answer for three. That one's no good. Gortat tipping it out, and he'll have the ball deflect right back into his hands. Washington will get another attempt with the basketball. As we approach the three-minute mark, Wall drives baseline, gets under the hoop, not able to finish a good contest from Mm -hmm. Valanchunas. Here comes Toronto, right, leaking down the floor. He lays it in, and the Raptors' lead is up to six, and we've got a timeout by Washington. A huge 5-0 run there from DeLon Wright. Wow. Only three
0: minutes left, too.
2: Yeah, there's uh, there's not a lot of time here for Washington. They're going to have to play pretty perfect basketball from here on out. Down six, but uh, you know they've still got the talent at Wall and Beal to make something happen. Right. They can be an explosive offense for for short stretches.
0: Yeah, unfortunately they've both been kind of cold lately, you know. They both have been making some runs, but... uh.
2: Right, and unfortunately, you know, we talked about uh, for Toronto who was going to be that third guy, and we've seen that DeLon Wright has stepped up a little bit here, whereas Washington, that third guy really hasn't been there. They had Mike Scott in the first half, uh, but uh, Markeith Morris is oftentimes, when they're playing really well, he's kind of that third option, that third go-to guy, and he just has had a... A pretty poor, poor game so far. So we're seeing a Charles Barkley <laughs> commercial on the TV here. As um, Marchand Gortat, uh, let's see. I think, uh, as I mentioned, he he had three fouls when we last mentioned. He's got four now, so he did not hmm. pick up multiple fouls. He's he's still got only four. He's the only guy in the game with four fouls. So, uh, With two minutes left, I can't imagine, or, or I should say three minutes left, I can't imagine that will really come into play too much. And he's not even in the ball game as of right now as we're we're back here washing with the ball, going from right to left here in the closing minutes. Beal with the basketball, dribbles left, finds Morris at the top, fakes the three, finds Oubre. He drives in, contested layup, no good. Again, Morris had an open look at the top of the key and kind of passed it up, and that... Kind of has exemplified his night. Lowry driving under the basket, and I think he draws a foul. Ooh.
0: Are they in the penalty at all here?
2: Yeah, not sure. Again, the uh, the NBA TV is not showing us whether or not the teams are in the bonus, so we'll, right. have to, we'll have to see here. It doesn't look like it. It looks like Toronto will take it out of bounds. Nice. Okay. Again, big possession here defensively for Washington if they're going to try and stay in this. A stop is pretty crucial. DeRozan with a basketball. 15 on the shot clock. They get a switch with Beal guarding him. DeRozan will back down. Oh, he loses it, but he gets it back. 8 on the shot clock now. Again, isolating on Beal. Gets into the paint. Fade away from 10 feet. That one's well short. Fight for the rebound. It's picked up by Wall. Here comes Washington. Wall finds Beal. Left left wing 3. That one's off the rim. No good. Morris with the rebound. He tries to find Beal, but Miles picks it up. He'll find right streaking. He lays it up. Nobody was fouled. A smart move wow. there from Wright to go to the reverse, which drew the contact right. against Wall, who was going for that uh, you know that signature uh, you know chase down block that LeBron and him are, no, are so well known for. Yeah.
0: Oh man, that was great. On
2: I, I can't see who that was, but getting their hand up there. CJ Miles. Yeah, yeah, long arms there to get in the passing lane, and Wright nearly hit that layup. It was pretty close. Yeah. As looking over at that Cleveland, Indiana score, we've got the Cavaliers are only up four, eighty-eight eighty-four with seven twenty-four to go in that ball game. Wow. So uh as Delon Wright knocks down the first free throw, actually Cleveland just hit a three, <laughs> so now their lead is back up to seven. A little more breathing space. Yeah. Wright hits both free throws. A big play for Toronto. Their lead is back up to eight. Let's see what Wall can do for Washington here as he's dribbling the basketball guarded. By Valanchunas, he'll throw it. Morris, three from the wing. No good. Morris has just had a horrible evening tonight, not able to get anything to go. Mm -hmm. And in large part why Washington has really struggled offensively in this one. The fans in Toronto getting onto their feet as they sense a Raptors victory here in this crucial Game 5. Lowry getting to the basket and his layup is blocked from (laughs) behind by a wall. He sent that to about the 15th row. Right. Yeah, when Wall is committed defensively, he can make some pretty astonishingly impressive plays. Yeah. As it looks like we might have another timeout here. Toronto calling, a, trying to maybe draw up a play with only seven left on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Try to get something good. Because a basket might just put the Wizards away here. Right. So, uh, again, uh, hope you've been enjoying this broadcast. This is Duncan Dynasty alongside Anthony Brown. I am Garrett Bouquet. We've been doing the live play-by-play of this uh, Wizards-Raptors Game 5. It's been a great game, and uh, I've been enjoying the company of Anthony, as, <laughs> uh, and I hope you guys have been enjoying our company this evening. And, of course, uh, you know, last week I did Game 2 of the Pacers-Cavs series on upcoming weeks, which we record an episode every Wednesday night. Uh, I will be uh, doing some more play-by-play of uh, of some of these games, of giving my thoughts on all the series in general. And uh, anytime Anthony is available, he will uh, will be trying to join me as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he can come in here and do this once or twice more here uh, as right. the playoffs continue. But uh, again, if uh, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our show. Uh, it's uh, called Duncan Dynasty. D U N K I N. And then it's two words, and then Dynasty, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y. Uh, and uh, we're on iTunes, so uh, you can subscribe there. If you could give us a rating, that's much appreciated. As uh, We're back here with a minute and 33 to go. A beautiful drawn-out play gets Ooh. C.J. Miles a three. He can't get it to go, but Valanchunas puts in the rebound. Wow, that might have just sealed the game there. It looked like Miles might have gotten fouled on that three-point right. attempt as well, but uh, there was no call. Ten-point lead now for Toronto. Morris passing up another three, finds Beal. He gets double-teamed. Out to Oubre over to Wall. He'll fire a three. No good. Toronto looks to be in safe position here, leading by ten as we approach the minute mark left in the ballgame. Wizards trapping the basketball. Toronto just trying to hold it. As uh, Ubre was able to successfully knock that off of Wright. Wright saying he was fouled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that will be out of bounds to Washington. Wizards coming right back down. Ubre left wing three. No good. Can't get anything to go here in the closing minutes. <sighs> Toronto and their crowd getting into it as they can sense that their team is about to take a 3-2 series lead. Here's C.J. Miles, left corner oh. three. And that's the nail in the coffin. coffin. Yes as he's had kind of a struggle from downtown, but uh, I'm sure it's nice for him to see that one go down. Right. As here's Porter, he'll try to answer, no good. And again, a real off night for a lot of the Wizards players, aside from the likes of Wall and Beal. As Lowry is fouled on the play, Washington, for some reason, uh, still trying to play this one out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even though at 13 points with 24.8 seconds, I'd say the win probability is in the thousandth of a percent at this point <laughs> right <laughs> right. even with the tracy mcgrady like effort of <laughs> hitting threes from everywhere
0: there's just not enough time
2: drake uh you know doesn't look terribly happy over there considering it's, his team is uh is gonna win this one
0: yeah it seems very very <laughs> stoic very serious right
2: now he's thinking about yeah. uh, his his next recording he's gonna do and
0: Right, yep, he's got the lyrics going in his head, and yes.
2: (laughs) His next album's going to be a Toronto (laughs) Raptors-based soundtrack. I mean, maybe. (laughs) You never know. Lowry surprisingly misses both free throws, but again, I don't think that is going to matter here, as Wall, wasting a lot of time, finds Beal, he'll fire from three, he knocks it down, makes it a ten-point game, but this is still... Uh, this one's in the books for the Toronto Raptors. They're going to take, and for some reason, again, Washington committing another foul. That might have been more just frustration. It looked like from Morris uh, wanting to get in a little shot there.
0: Yeah, it looked like a little little punch almost thrown.
2: That's what happens though in these series where you you're playing the same guys over and over again, and when you lose a ball game, you know you you grow a, uh a sense of disdain for the other team and their individual players right and that's kind of what makes the NBA playoffs so interesting is uh, you know when you play a team seven straight times not only do you get to know how they play what play, what sets they like to run uh, but you know if a guy kind of annoys you a little bit you know you play him once it doesn't really matter but you know over the course of a couple of weeks yeah. of constantly seeing that guy and that guy constantly being annoying Driving uh, crazy. Exactly. As Zubre will slam it down. Again, makes it a 10-point game with five seconds to go. And DeLon Wright will run out the clock here. Now Drake looks happy. So the <laughs> Raptors win it 108-98. And we are now going to go over to the Cleveland Cavaliers Pacers' conclusion. All right. As we're going to pause it here in case we're ahead of everybody. But... Uh, where we're at, the Cavaliers are up 94-89 with 4.38 to go in the fourth quarter. LeBron is at the free throw line, and he's about to put it up, and it is good. So the Cavs lead at 95-89, and the Pacers now will call timeout with 4.38 to go in the ball game. So Cavaliers up just six, so Pacers still in this one on the road with an opportunity to try to steal it. Right. Oh, man. Another close one here. I want
0: to say at, at halftime when they put up the graphic, LeBron had 20 at the half. He
2: currently has 41. There so we go. he's doing exactly what we expected of him in terms of, you know, if he's got Bogdanovich and if he's got single coverage, he should score 40 every game against this team. Right. And uh, he's able to do that. He's also got 10 rebounds. Looks like they're, the Cavs are getting solid production from Kyle Corver. He's got 19 points nice kevin love has continued to struggle he's just got 11 points but he does have a double double with 10 rebounds as well uh for indiana looks like another struggle uh for victor oladipo just 12 points on the game Uh, they've gotten good production from demontis sabonis arvita sabonis son uh he's got 20 uh boyan bogdanovich with 11 thaddeus young with 12 and Lance Stevenson with 12 as well, so a pretty balanced offensive performance from Indiana. But again, not getting that top-tier production, that all-NBA-level production from their best player, Oladipo. Right. And the Cavs, you know, behind LeBron and getting that production from Corver, having just enough despite, you know, having just six points from Calderon, zero points from uh, J.R. Smith. Uh, Four points from Rodney Hood, four from Clarkson, you know, not getting that help that LeBron probably needs, especially if the Cavs want to advance further than just getting through the first round.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was kind of talking to you about earlier with the Cavs, that regardless of who's winning the game, the Cavs aren't playing up, I feel like, to their potential. You know, uh, going into this playoffs, we still kind of... Figured that the Cavs team was going to be The favorite in the East You know right? Um, or at least you know to get to East Eastern Conference Finals here but the way that they've Been playing even when you're getting great Production from LeBron James The rest of the team isn't Isn't getting it there um, If uh, They're playing against a little bit better team or if The Pacers like we were saying If they're able to actually capitalize On this situation You know I think the Pacers easily could be in the lead right now, despite yeah. LeBron's amazing, you know, production.
2: Looking at more of the, uh, you know, the advanced box score, Victor Oladipo, two of fourteen shooting, oh. one of seven from three in this ball game, oh uh, and he's a minus three on the game. Uh, Bogdanovich, you know, four for eight from the field, three for four from downtown. Thaddeus Young, six of seven shooting, mm. uh, you know, Demontis Sabonis, seven of ten. Uh, you know, they they haven't gotten as much production from a guy like Miles Turner. He's only played 21 minutes in this one. Mm. He's three or four from the field, but I guess with Sabonis playing as well as he has, he's kind of uh, taken a lot of the minutes away. Uh, you know, Lance Stevenson, four for eight. So, you know, the Pacers getting solid production from just about everybody, except, uh, for, except for their backcourt with Oladipo and then Collison as well at one So... Yeah, and unfortunately, when you're
0: playing against a Cavs team like that, you got to have everyone
2: producing, yeah. especially your- LeBron is producing, mm-hmm. and uh, the Pacers, if they had their best player producing, they would probably be winning this game. Exactly. Here's Joseph with the basketball for the Pacers. He's got to switch with LeBron. Mm. Finds the bonus, but the pass was a little off the mark. Man. And so, uh, had some heat on it. Sabonis it not able to catch it. But yeah, missed opportunity there for the Pacers. So on the court for the Cavs, it's LeBron, Kevin Love, Calderon, Smith, and Corver. As Corver comes off a screen, tries to find LeBron, has the ball poked away, but he picks it back up. Cavs swing the basketball. Good contest there from Oladipo to prevent the shot. Just five on the shot clock now. Smith might fire up a contested shot here over Joseph. He'll take the fade away. Really mm-hmm. tough shot and rebound young. Pacers going to try to push it. Nice stoppage of uh, the fast break there from Calderon. Oladipo finds Sabonis, and Sabonis throws it over the head of Thaddeus Young. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is what I'm talking about in terms of the Cavs have double-teamed Oladipo, and for some reason they have not been able to score against that strategy. Right. And it's just a matter of like making a couple of good passes, <laughs> and there Sabonis just throwing it over the head of Young.
0: Yeah, easy pass.
2: <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, Thung, or Young made a, a really nice cut along the baseline. Mm-hmm. Was going to have a dunk if that pass would have connected. LeBron posting up against Young will face up 10 on the shot clock now. Corver running along oh, the baseline, gosh. and LeBron draws the foul on Young as it looks like they're going to call LeBron for the sweep through move, oh. so it's going to be off the, or not a non shooting foul.
0: Got you. I forgot that they put that...
2: Uh, yeah, that they that call that there. the Kevin Durant, essentially. He did that uh, a bunch of times, and eventually they said that's not worthy of uh, free throws. <laughs> LeBron arguing that it was a shooting foul. As Utah-Oklahoma City uh, getting underway, they're playing on NBA TV. So the Cavs will have it, as we're going to a commercial break, uh, on the sideline up six but yeah uh you know the the idea that oladipo you know i had him on my all nba third team he started the series really well the Cavs went to that trapping strategy he still was you know at least pretty good against like just um you know then instead of going to the pick and roll where they can't trap just isolating and you know playing that way and, and mm-hmm. prevent making it harder for them to actually trap him yeah. You could run him off off-ball screens and get him the ball on the run where it's harder to trap. You know, there are ways to attack this defense that uh, you know, that you can get the ball in your best player's hands without him just facing a double team every time, but mm. they uh they just have not done a good job of uh of adjusting. And again, it's not as if this strategy is anything new. The Cavs have been doing the same thing for the last 4 games. Yeah. And you'd think with the a coaching staff that has time to prepare and can come up with some counters and, and plays to attack that that they could be effective. But they just have have not figured it out.
0: Yeah, that's at this point too in the playoffs, for that type of X's and O's uh situation to be happening, I feel like is pretty
2: unexcusable from yes. a coaching
0: perspective.
2: Right. As LeBron with the ball now for the Cavaliers, getting a screen from Corvert. He's at the top of the key. Now we'll get a screen from Love, finds Love left wing. He'll fake the three. Now shoot, that one's no good. Rebound, Joseph. Joseph will jog it into the front court. We'll try to get it to Oladipo Smith, denying him, though. Hmm. Yeah, good defense for the Cavs right here. Joseph running a pick and roll with Sabonis. Gets cut off, finds a cutting Thaddeus Young. Gets to the paint, puts up the shot with the left hand over LeBron and puts it in. LeBron falling asleep just for a second, letting the Young get the vantage on the cut. But LeBron with his athleticism still nearly <laughs> able to get back and block that. Right. 95-91, Pacers within four here. LeBron getting a screen from Calderon. He'll throw it back to Calderon. Deep three. No good. Rebound Oladipo. Let's see what Victor can come up with here. See if they'll do what
0: you're talking about and try and isolate him as opposed to... Nope, they're going right into the pick and roll. And
2: there's the trap. Now he finds Bogdanovich. He does get a good look, but that one's off. He gets his own rebound, though. In the paint finds Young, who puts it up and in. Good play, yeah. I can uh, I can tell by that reaction that you're rooting for the Pacers to win this game. A you just gave a little fist pump there, a little Tiger Woods style. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking
0: about. And Then, like in a few seconds, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I on uh,
2: I on the other hand, uh, you know, more neutral. I. Uh, You know, don't really care who wins this series. But LeBron, with the fadeaway on that possession, misses it. And here comes Indiana with a chance to tie or take the lead. Really exciting moments here down the stretch. Again, they're going to set the screen. Here's the double team. Now they're backing back off. Pacers swinging the basketball. They'll maybe try to get it back to Oladipo. Now five on the shot clock. Joseph attacking Corver. Here's a fadeaway. No good. Fight for the rebound. Love tipped it out of bounds. It'll go back to the Pacers. Wow. You uh, you were able to give the uh, the hand signal of what direction, uh, whose possession <laughs> it was before the refs even were there. <laughs> <laughs> I know they should be paying me. I should, I should be doing this. Uh, so here comes Jeff Green. He'll sub in for Calderon. Okay. My guess is there that's an offensive defensive move and then they the Cavs might be calling timeout to get Calderon back in on the offensive right. end.
0: The last few possessions the Pacers are missing shots but they're able to get the rebound and uh it's causing them some problems there.
2: Oladipo with the basketball again, finds Sabonis at the free throw line. He gets to the paint, misses a layup. A golden opportunity there for the Pacers not able to convert. Like you said, I mean they're getting layups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One minute left. LeBron here, dribbling the basketball, guarded by Thaddeus Young. He'll drive right, gets into the paint, finds Jeff Green, who throws it to Kevin Love. His three, no good, rebound Young. Pacers, another opportunity to tie or take the lead here. Both teams still with two timeouts as we hit the 42nd mark here in the fourth quarter. Oladipo with the ball, throws it to Joseph, who finds the bonus. Free throw line jumper is there good. DeMontis Sabonis continues his stellar evening. I believe that's twenty-two for Sabonis. And we've got a tie ball game with thirty three point six seconds to go. And another advantage for Indiana there is they get the two for one potentially, unless the Cavs can go really quick on this following possession. Right. Like we were talking about the two for one before. I was nervous with that shot. He looked
0: like he kind of hesitated he for did. a second before yep. It's one of those where, should I pat? Oh, I'm wide open, so I right. might as well take this. But, like, you think game plan wise, like, hey, they're going to, it looks like they're going to trap Oladipo every single time,
2: and you're well, you're playing have... four on three on the other end of that trap. And right. you think with capable players, you should be able to score pretty consistently against that. Yeah. You know, that's what the Warriors really attacked the Cavs well when they trapped Steph Curry, giving the ball to Draymond Green, putting shooters. In the corners and letting Green attack, um, you know, as long as you... I think that might be why Sabonis is getting a little bit more run than Turner. He's a little bit better passer. He's actually got a little bit more ball handling skills, so if they completely leave him, he can get all the way to the rim like he did the previous possession but wasn't able to finish. Right. And then he's still also able to hit that mid-range jump shot as well. Right. But that's that's really what you want is you want out of that double team, the guy catching on a four-on-three, a guy that can make a play. Right. And if he's making that play consistently, I mean,
0: I'm not sure what else the Cavs can do. They're giving that to them every play.
2: Right. Although with Victor Oladipo at 2 for 14, maybe you should play him straight up at this point and see if he can make a shot. Yeah. The game is tied at 95. Cavs with the basketball. Green inbounding it to LeBron. LeBron going right. Gets right of the paint. Shoving off Thaddeus Young. Getting under the hoop. The ball's off LeBron and out of bounds. Back to Indiana. Wow. A huge stop from Thaddeus Young as LeBron, trying to shove his way around him, just couldn't do it. And Young, able to, I think, deflect the pass, and then LeBron, not recognizing the ball was behind him, just hit it with the back of his hand out of bounds. Right. Uh, Definitely, you know,
0: I I think getting some star treatment there at the end of the game with some of the <laughs> forearm shivers there at the yeah end. i mean i know the refs don't want to you know decide the game for the players and everything they're gonna let it play out and be physical at the end
2: but yeah i'm okay with a little bit i sure the, when i have a real problem with it is when you're extending it right i think he yeah he he gave him more of like the chicken wing <laughs> yeah it wasn't
0: too bad yeah yeah
2: um but I, th- I think it's more than anything LeBron's just so strong physically right. that
0: even just that chicken wing is enough to push the person.
2: But uh um, Thaddeus Young, that's an interesting uh little wrinkle from Indiana. He I haven't seen him much on LeBron this series. They've usually been using Bogdanovich. But Young is an interesting option. He plays power forward for the Pacers, offers a little more size and to be honest, might be as good, if not better, athlete than than Bogdanovich. Right. So he is probably, you know, their best matchup on LeBron, and maybe this is a situation where the later we've gotten this series, this is is one last wrinkle that Indiana can throw at the Cavs. Right. Although LeBron still has 41 points, so, (laughs) uh, you know, I don't know how much that wrinkle has actually been that effective, but... Oh, what I'm seeing there on this replay, Young strips the ball, and the ball hits the baseline, which would indicate that it should be Cavs basketball. Wow. But they Uh didn't review it, so the Pacers have it. So an unfortunate (laughs) break for the Cavaliers. And Indiana can really come close to taking the final shot here. There's about a two-second difference. Mm -hmm. Let's see. They've switched Oladipo, is guarded now by LeBron. Five on the shot clock. He gets past him, gets to the hoop. LeBron with the block. And they call time with three seconds to go. Oladipo calling for the foul, but another situation where LeBron with the chase down block, a beautiful defensive play.
0: That was so clutch and amazing defense there. I mean, I saw Oladipo got the step on him at first, but man, LeBron is the best I've ever seen at that chase down block.
2: Now, the other question is, did that ball hit the backboard first before LeBron got to it? I thought that was, you know, live. I thought LeBron got it, but on the replay, that looked a lot closer. Is that uh, something that they could um yes, review? I believe so, but just like the previous possession, I believe they could have reviewed that out of bounds play and didn't. Mm. And therefore, uh, you know, who knows if these refs uh they, these refs might be screwed up quite a bit, but it might even out just because the Cavs got, you know, kind of uh, the short end of the straw on <laughs> the previous possession and the Pacers maybe on this one. Right. Uh, but, uh, the Cavs with three seconds left have an opportunity now to win the ball game. Otherwise, we're looking at overtime.
0: Man, you got Korver out there. You got LeBron. They got some shooters there. J.R. Smith.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they just go straight to LeBron or if they use LeBron more as a decoy. My guess is they just give it to LeBron. I mean, uh, he can get his shot over just about anybody, so...
0: That's what um, i go with, too.
2: Preferably, you'd probably want him going to his left. That's where he's better off the dribble, shooting a shot. But uh, here's, oh. here's the look at the replay. Let's see. And it yeah. did hit the backboard first. Oh, but they didn't. They did not review it. Here's LeBron. Here's the shot for the win. It's good. LeBron James with the game winner at the buzzer. Wow. <laughs> what an unbelievable end-of-the-game sequence. LeBron, as I stated, going to his left, able to knock it down in a couple controversial calls at the end of the game. It looked like Oladipo's layup should have counted. But even if that goes, LeBron's three would have put the Cavs up one for the win. Right. Oh my gosh. That was, that was an awesome shot. <laughs> so LeBron James caffing off what was an extraordinary night. As he is getting serenaded by the crowd, LeBron James, uh, you know, solidifying the fact that he is the best player in the world. Oh, yeah. As he got the inbound, was guarded by Thaddeus Young, took two hard dribbles left, got the shot off, and nothing but net. That's a good contest from,
0: uh, from Young, too. I mean, he's got a hand in his face a little late there, but right he's just so quick with that step back
2: i almost think you have to get into your contest sooner though in that situation given that you know the amount of time left on the clock he's taken multiple dribbles he has to shoot it at that point right um he almost yeah the the contest came after lebron had already jumped and and uh gotten into his release (laughs) <laughs> what a finish and a great way to cap off this uh, this week of uh, uh, Live Duncan Dynasty. Uh, for Anthony Brown, I am Gary Bouguet. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it and have a good rest of your day.
1: Leftovers or ch- 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 the DMV Number or ch- 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 house cleaning.